Sha-na-na-na, sha-na-na-na-na, good job. Hello, my friend. What is up, comrade? Because <laughs> we, we're going to live in Russia eventually. Yes, we, we are. Because our president yeah. is a Russian dude. He's, he's, a, he's a Manchurian candidate. He is. Ooh, he is. He's the Manchurian candidate. Yeah. I don't know. He's our national shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe so. And we're going to find out how much of a shame eventually. Unless One day Tr- it uh, could happen. Yeah. Unless Trump decides to fire special prosecutor Mueller. So. Right. But uh, that'll be a very Nixonian move on his part if he does that. Nixonian. Whoa. <laughs> Because that's exactly what Nixon did to try to stop the Watergate investigation. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work. Eventually, they find you out. No, that just, I mean, that just sends up more red flags than ever. Right. So, yeah. If he, if he does that, he, he, he'll he be done within six months. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. And then we'll have Pence. <laughs> well... Yeah, yeah, Pence who wants to have a uh, theocracy. So, you know. Right. So it's either fascism or or, th- or a theocracy. Pick your poison. But The idiocracy. Uh, the idiocracy. Uh, well, yeah. That's already happening. I know people people love to say, you know, when idiocracy came out and I I don't really like that movie, but I like it more every time I see it, but Yeah. It, People just love that movie, and I'm I'm like, yeah, I, I get that it's, you know, it, there, there's some definite correlations to what's actually going on in real life right now, mm-hmm. but it's not quite not quite there yet. Right. Because but it, yeah, if it, it keeps going, it could be that way. <laughs> yeah. Of course, in Idiocracy, and Luke Wilson comes from our time to the future, and he's the smartest guy in the world, and he becomes president. Is that is that right? Right. See, like, right. Yeah. So that's no, no. Well, yeah, he does eventually become president. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like, like Luke. So like Luke Wilson is very much like Bernie Sanders. I mean, come on, Bernie Sanders is so old; he's almost a time traveler. He comes from another time. <laughs> he does <laughs> to, to he save does. humanity. Oh my goodness! From the dumbasses. Sure. So. You know, that maybe that movie is like really a prognosticator. Yeah, he's he, Bernie Sanders is like Yoda coming from uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, <laughs> far away. Yes, indeed. <laughs> That's terrible. He's a great guy. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So what if he looks like? Think, yeah. yeah. So what if he looks like Yoda? That's a good thing. That's a positive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I love I love his hair. Mm hmm. You know, I love, I mean, yeah, he's <laughs> just, yeah, he's just himself. You got to love it. Yoda or Trump? I mean, Yoda Trump, or? No. Yoda or? Sanders. Or Sanders. Sanders. <laughs> what is it about, what is it about the two, the two guys that w- should have gotten the job? No, not, that's not right. The two guys that the, were the best contenders for the job. Maybe that's it. And, uh, and crazy hair. I don't know. Well, maybe Bernie was the best contender for the job. I see. I know what, what you're saying, uh, though. Yes. Well, he was he was obviously the best Republican contender because he won. So, well, true, you know, true. Well, you know, exactly. My best, I guess. I mean, most prominent or whatever. I don't know. Right. Um, or, oh, I was going to say something else, but I don't know anymore. I just don't know. 
You're, you're about to mention the Russian hacking. No, you know, I just I've, wanted to call you comrade as a subtle jab towards that. That's right. Or if you want to say it in Russian, tovarish. What's That sounds delicious. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the Russian word for comrade. Tovarish? Tovarish. I, I thought it was just comrade. No. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Comrade is an English word. Tovarish is a Russian word. Then why don't we just say tova to whatever that is? Tova- because yeah, because that word. because uh, moviegoers and television viewers are stupid. Oh well, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? Got to use an English translation of a Russian word. Can't be throwing words, big words around like that that people don't know. Don't you hate when you're watching a foreign movie with subtitles and they and they subtitle words that everyone knows like hello and thank you? That drives me nuts. It's yeah. one of my one of my pet peeves. That's how you know a really good movie when the subtitles don't do yes and no in foreign languages. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Yes, no. I mean hello, depending on the language too, but hello right. I get. Yeah. You know, thank you maybe. Sure. Um, if it's but, a, yeah. Right. If it's a French movie and somebody says bonjour, don't put hello, hello, <laughs> or good day. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that was almost a Dougie impersonation. Hello. I can't remember how he does it. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, can't wait to talk about Twin Peaks. I know. Me too. The wonderful sixth episode that started with 15 minutes of Dougie. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Is it ever going to end? Is it ever going to end? Oh, that's funny. When, when, I, when I was watching it with Sierra, I said, oh, I bet Lodger's pissed off right now. I bet he's beside himself. I bet he can't stand this first part of the show. Oh, it just goes on and on and on. I don't even remember what it was this time. More at the office. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk about it later. But Right, we'll talk yeah, about it later. Like, oh, you know, yeah. I, I just kind of think of it as a... As, as kind of a mantra that, that, that soothes you before all of the real cool stuff starts happening in the episode. But anyway. Maybe that's it's, it's <laughs> Lynch's, Lynch's transcendental meditation moments. Right. Where you're just supposed to tune out and go, oh, oh yeah. Because it's so, <laughs> it's so pointless and hackneyed and boring and been done to death. Yes, it's all about Lynch, <laughs> Lynch and TM. <laughs> yeah, Lynch is really into that TM. He sure it is. just kills me when I'm on Twitter or something, uh-huh. and uh, some and that you know I follow Twin Peaks on Twitter and they uh, and Fargo too, and both of them are really uh, not good at, but both of them retweet fans a lot, okay. and um, there'll be fans that'll be like, "Oh, Dougie, blah blah," it's just random things about Dougie being great or whatever, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my God, what okay. is wrong?" <laughs> You. Okay. You're, you're not watching the same Twin Peaks I'm watching. <laughs> okay. Point of cl- <laughs> point of clarification. It's it's real Cooper. It's good Cooper. It's not Dougie anymore. Dougie's gone. But I know what you mean. <laughs> you mean yes. Everybody. It's th- the Cooper that everybody thinks is Dougie. Yes. And right. So, he right. whom whom appears as Dougie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're right. It is good Cooper. But good Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> with a brain hemorrhage. I mean, what's so good about him? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, 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 uh.
He needs uh, he needs to wake up. Oh God. I was like, ah, oh, the one armed man is saying what everyone watching is saying. <laughs> That's hilarious. We're, we're already delving uh, into Twin Peaks territory. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. Okay. I know. All right, we'll we'll, we'll get back. Yeah, we'll, we we'll should. save it. We'll save it. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, why not? So, so hey, how how you been doing? All right, work's been a nutcase kind of a thing, but oh, other yeah? than that, doing okay. Hmm. okay. Just busy. One of yeah. my coworkers is out this week, so oh well, that I work in a small office, you know. So yeah, that that puts uh, extra labor on everybody else's shoulders, and it sounds like most of it's gone onto yours. Well, I have. Uh, there's three people in my department, and so when one mm-hmm. is out, there's just two of you. And summertime is a busy time. Um, but yeah. it's also hit and miss. You never know. Last week was kind of doable, but this week has just been, uh, super busy. So anyway, right. so that, that's, that's been a little frustrating, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it is what it is. When do you get to go on another, uh, company sponsored trip somewhere? I was just going to tell you, okay. you yeah. know how we're going in San Fran to San Francisco in September. I, I think I might recall that. Right. And our <laughs> yes. last uh, the day the day we come home is September twenty fourth. Yes, day before my birthday. And yep, I had all my you know I've requested this time off a long time ago, and mm-hmm. we've got everything set up. Plane tickets are bought. They sent me an email on Monday. Oh, uh, you're going to Alaska on September twenty third. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm not. Uh, the fuck I am. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, you know, who doesn't want to go to Alaska? But I was like, no, I, I can't. And so they they found yeah. one of my right. counterparts in another office to go. Well, I'm sure you're weighing your options in your head. Hmm. Alaska, San well, Francisco, Alaska, San Francisco. I, I, well, and I was like, if it was just a day later, but there are meetings on the first day that you have to go to. Because I thought, oh, right. you know, if, if it started on the 24th, instead of flying home, I could just fly to Actually, they, they're meeting in Seattle, but going up to Alaska. Like, oh, I could just fly up to Seattle instead of flying home. But I wasn't going to cut a day off to fly to Seattle mm-hmm. and leave you guys a day early and, and leave my nephew to, to make his own way home. I mean, you know, if it was imperative right. that I had to do it, I, I could have made it work somehow. Yeah. But I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to cut our trip short. Right. We're then, not going to have yeah. enough time anyway. Right. That'd be a really stressful transition for you, too, going from one trip yeah. to another. Yeah. I've yeah. done stuff like that before where they've sent me on mm-hmm. some trip. They, and they're always, although this isn't really last minute, so I shouldn't say always, but sometimes they're real last minute. Yeah. I did one a couple of years ago that when I went to Germany, I, I had just been in Hawaii. And, and so we had our Hawaii trip planned. Mm-hmm. And then they sent me a thing saying, we need you to go to Germany. And, and it was like, I think it was like just eight days or something after we got back from Hawaii. It was like wow. maybe a week. Was and that, so that mm-hmm. that was doable. But Was that your Rhine River boat trip thing in yeah. Germany? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That was a great trip. That was, yeah, that was a fun trip. <laughs> and then Hawaii, of course. I did my, on my own. But Hawaii, so amazing. You and me and Sierra and whoever else wants to go need to do that trip at some point. That'd be cool. You know, hmm. when we win the lottery or... <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> when you don't have to buy insulin for your cat or something. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> How 
how is how is Daisy doing with well, the new kitten? Are they starting to warm up to each other? Um, slowly. I mean, there's still a lot of hissing and get the fuck away from me type stuff, but uh, it's <laughs> it's kind of died down there. You know, it's getting to the point of toleration. The only problem, uh, well, that's cool. Yeah, Daisy seems to be getting sick again. She's huh. she's like. Threw up this morning, and there was a little bit of blood in her throw up, and then she's having diarrhea. So guess what? Sierra's taking her to the vet tomorrow because she has a day off oh, tomorrow. Gosh. But hopefully- yeah, she's still been. You've still been giving her insulin shots, right? Yes, giving her the insulin shots, and I think maybe the uh, intestinal infection that she had wasn't fully gotten rid of, and so right. she probably just needs another boost of uh, antibiotic and. She'll probably be back to normal. The funny thing was is that, you know, several days after, you know, she got her treatment at the vet and everything, she started eating normally and behaving normally and everything was normal. And then we got the new cat and for some reason she stopped eating. And I mean, it wasn't immediate. I'll tell you right. It wasn't immediately after we got the new cat. So I'm not going to blame the new cat for causing Daisy to go sure. off of food because when she's healthy, nothing stops her from devouring all of her food and licking the bowl clean. I'm telling you, though, when you've got to spend time with another cat's kids. Oh, what? You're like, you're like, yeah, because that's another that's another cat's kid. Oh, I Daisy's see what you're saying. Like, Whose fucking kid are you? Well, that's true. Who brought this fucking kid from some other cat in my house? <laughs> well, I'm sure of that. Yeah, she definitely Jeez. gives that look like, what the fuck? You know, what the fuck is this? What have you done? I thought right? I was I thought it was your I'm only only cat, and now you brought this I'm little sure it fucker gives her in. Ulcers. Yes, <laughs> she has ulcers. Yeah. How how old is Daisy? Uh, about thirteen years old. So she's you know she's like uh, an she's old like, lady. Yeah, she's she's like a hundred years old. I don't know. Yeah, indoor cats. Get your fucking kids away from me! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this damn whippersnapper out of here. And the new and the new fucking cat, <laughs> the new kitten thinks that I'm a tree and thinks Sierra's a tree. Also, she literally to cli- climb on or to yeah to climb uh, on climbs our bodies crazy. Of course, you know she only weighs like two pounds, so it's not a big deal. But she has those sharp little needle claws, so that's that's not a lot of fun. <laughs> did you do you have a a thing that they can like a scratching post? I think they're called. Uh yeah. Yeah, we have something she can scratch on. Of course, I think we have to get a, a much better bona fide scratching post. Maybe a couple of them. Right, yeah. So I don't know if that's part of it, yeah. Yeah, it's a well, little hey, bit. Well, hey, I also... Yeah. Cat drama. Okay, that's it. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I, I had some other things I, I meant to ask you last week. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, yeah. we talked about you uh, getting your Ancestry.com spitting in a cup thing. Yeah, still waiting. Oh, you're still waiting on that? Yeah, the I, I went to the website uh, this week, and it says that the you know they're processing my sample now, so at least the, it's in process at the moment. So I'm assuming right. I'm thinking within the next week or so, I probably should get my results. So I can't wait. Yeah, but, that uh, seems like a a long time to wait. Yeah, I think. Because they've had a lot of uh, dollars off specials on, you know, the Ancestry DNA test, a lot of people have submitted a whole bunch of samples to them. And so they've got a backlog probably of people 
people to do. And so, and matter of fact, even on their website, they say, you know, because of, you know, a big backlog of samples to be processed, you know, expect a two to four week delay from what we originally told you. But as what did, do they originally tell you? I think it's like, they say six to eight weeks. But Oh, damn. That's, but it, I don't yeah. want to wait three months. <laughs> if I jerk <laughs> off in the cup, can you tell me sooner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, why couldn't why couldn't I do that? Uh, no, nobody yeah. wants nobody wants to be handling. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, yeah. Nobody wants nobody wants to get your sperm in the mail. No. Yeah. <laughs> they want home delivery. Oh. <laughs> it probably probably gets a little clumpy in the mail. So, you know. <laughs> uh, doesn't matter how much of that preservative you add to it before you ship it off. There's like a little blue vial of stuff that you pour into your spit that helps to keep the DNA in it from breaking down. Right. Yeah. But it looks like, yeah. you know, it. I may actually get my results within the six to eight week time frame. Um, it'll right. probably be closer to the eight weeks, but, you know, it appears that that'll be the case. So, you know. Right. That will. Right. They want you to. Yeah. When anyone tells you six days, it's like when you go to a restaurant and they tell you a 45-minute wait, you're like, all right, 25 minutes. And it's almost always never as long as they tell you. Yeah, usually that's true. Yeah. We shall see. So this is probably similar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to to see the results, as I've stated probably a couple of times already, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Make sure you uh, mention it when you do get them. Oh, absolutely. I'm interested in hearing Right. And I'm interested in hearing, you know, also, also because I want to I want to try it unless you unless you get your results and you're like, you know, this isn't really what I thought it would be or whatever. Right. I think I have a pretty good idea of what it should be, but right. I, I don't know. Uh, right. You know, it'd yeah. Be, it'd be cool if it broke it down. I was like, hey, it shows that you're, you know, so many percentage of this and so many percentage of this and this. But I, yeah, I'm not sure how it how they break it well, down. Well, on the commercial, that seems what it would be like because, mm-hmm. you know, there's the guy who I can't remember the thing, but he thinks he's Italian and it turns out he's German. Or I mean, it wasn't, you know, like, oh, I thought I was European, but I'm really Asian. It was it was pretty <laughs> specific about, you know, being one European country as opposed to another. Yeah. And that's what. That's what I would want to know. I mean, I think it would be really interesting if you got your results and you were like, you know, 70% Irish or something. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That would be that'd be know. pretty wild. Of course. But yeah, I'm interested to see and hear. Yeah. Of course, you know, I've heard that a lot of people who, you know, have Central European heritage share common ancestors with people who right. who became, you know, the Irish and shit like that. I mean, you know can't imagine they were all we'll see how it goes well you know as the bible says we all came from two people the same two people (laughs) right so you know of course every time you have sex you're really having uh incest because we all come from adam and eve (laughs) right so one way or another you're fucking your you know eight millionth uh cousin or something right exactly (laughs) yes you know, I probably got a little dinosaur blood in me. I mean, it's only been 6,000 years <laughs> since the dinosaurs were here, and I'm sure one of my ancestors jerked off a dinosaur. I would, wouldn't you? <laughs> wow. We went from 
Ancestry.com to jerking off dinosaurs. That's, that's a, that's Welcome a, to a slippery slope, yes, man. That's, that's, that was quite a slide, I'm telling you. Damn. Okay. That's, that's what you get when you hang out with me, man. It's just stream of consciousness. That's right, man. We're going to go with these not logical conclusions, but illogical conclusions. <laughs> not lo- logical conclusions, but logic conclusions. Yes. <laughs> There you go. That's it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, you, oh, you'll never know where you're going to end up on this ride, man. No, that's true. <laughs> I hope you listeners are enjoying. <laughs> yes. Yes. Me too. How, have you looked at the listenership lately? Is it holding pretty steady? Oh, I think uh, this month is going to be a record-breaking month. Already, oh, awesome. Already we've had more downloads than we had all of last month. And last oh, fantastic. month, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's like we had, uh, you know, it goes by, you know, data downloads. And it was like last month we had like 104 gigabytes of podcast downloaded, which is quite a bit. And uh, already it's what, it's the 15th of June right now. And we've already got 109 mm-hmm. gigabytes of data downloaded so looks awesome. like by the end of the month we might be at uh, 200 gigabytes of, of of podcast download and each podcast is less than 200 megabytes so get your calculators out uh, listeners and figure out uh, how many downloads that is it's quite a few all right well That's, cool yeah i That's hope a- that um you know, I've been we don't have a lot of followers on Twitter. We have a few. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I don't you know, once you when you first join Twitter, you there's always these listeners that are really spam or not listeners. I'm sorry. There's always these people who follow you who are really spam people. Yeah. And and Twitter course. has started kind of um, figuring out their spam and taking them out of your your followers. Oh, good. After a few days. Okay. Yeah. So. So. Mm-hmm. So we're follow, you know, so we have a really low number of followers, but you know, you don't have to follow someone to find something someone has tweeted. And I've tweeted a lot about Fargo and Twin Peaks and mm-hmm. and Tyler Oakley and different things that we talk about on the show. Yes. And um so, you know, even though people aren't following us in mass on Twitter, hopefully that's bringing a few people to the to the podcast. And if it is, hi, how are you guys doing? Welcome. Yeah. Right. So between um, that, between yeah, between yeah, Twitter and Facebook and and people just randomly searching uh, iTunes. Yeah, that we're too. Slowly, so. yeah, slowly building a a, a following. Yeah. So I got to give you a, a lot of credit, Lodger, for all the good stuff that you're posting on the Facebook page and uh, also on the Twitter feed. So hats off to you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and I should say that, um, uh, you know, you, you, I, I post a lot of stuff on Facebook. You post a few things on our Facebook page, which is a, a yeah. slippery slope on Facebook. We should hype it anyway. Yes. And, um, <laughs> but on Twitter, mm-hmm. on Twitter, where our handle is at slope podcast, um, that's really only me. And I get off the beaten path with some Trump idiots sometimes. And, and hey. I'm trying not to be political on there, but it's hard, man. It's so hard. Yeah. I- I understand. You and I are pretty much of the same mind as regard to the uh, the chief executive of this country. So I have no problem with you uh, running the gamut there yeah. and uh, uh, taking the lead of uh, you know, trolling the I trolls. Take it a little too far. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I kind of. So, I did see some stuff about you. 
<laughs> talking about somebody somebody <laughs> needs a little better you know. aim and i was like oh uh, yeah. we might have gone a little too far yeah but, um, yeah uh what are you gonna do you know it is what it is and i am who i am so hey i mean there's not much l- look at i mean you know trump himself was the one who said that you know the his second amendment people should do something about hillary so you know he He's right. only he's only getting what he gives. I agree. I agree that you know, um, right before we started uh, uh, recording tonight, I was on uh, this month on Turner Classic Movies on I think it's on Thursday nights every week in June. Mm-hmm. They're doing like what they call Gay Hollywood because it's Pride Month, and so they're, they're showing pretty much Gay Hollywood. Yeah, I was just saying. Gollywood. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Continue. Oh, Gollywood. <laughs> I, I'll edit and, uh, that out. I'll edit that out. Continue. No, that's, that was kind of funny. <laughs> Golly! Um, especially since Jim, Jim Neighbors, Neighbors is gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah, but I'm Ching. That's, that's rich. Yeah, that was, a, mm. that was a slope that looped back around. Anyway. <laughs> it sure did. Um, uh, um, so, you know, they've been promoting it on their Facebook page. And, of course, there hasn't been any, you know, you know, the people who, who follow Turner Classic Movies online are, for the most part, old people. And there hasn't been anyone that was outright, this is terrible, fuck you. And, but, you know, there hasn't been anyone like that, but there's been a lot of, who cares if they're gay? What does it matter what they do in the bedroom? So I've had to school some people, and then a couple times it's gotten ugly. But, well, you know. But, you know, it's just like, you, you know, you can't, they're, they're everywhere, they're everywhere. So. Um, what? So I, trolls you know, or I gay say, people? I say what I think. <laughs> okay, Bo- both actually. Right. And, yes. Uh, but so I guess what I'm saying too is that um, some of them, you know, people are sometimes people will post a reply to something I've posted and said, mm-hmm. you know, you're really you're just as mean as they are, and in and you're horrible too, and blah blah blah. Because I I say I yeah. get crazy sometimes. I know. And I, I know I say, you do. <laughs> my, and my thing is, you know, I'm just giving back what they give. Right. You know, I'm just putting a mirror up and, and shooting back at them the shit they've shot out at people. And and so I don't feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. I don't always believe in the things I say oh, so, and post. OK, sometimes you're but, doing you're doing a little trolling yourself, huh? Absolutely. OK, because, but I'm trolling back at them, you know. Yeah, I understand I, I completely. Just, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one of them, one of them on one of the posts was like, "I'm gonna pray for you," and I was like, "Keep your fucking prayers to yourself." <laughs> you know, I don't need wow. them. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're yeah. useless anyway. I, you know, I, I, I sometimes I go next level, and that's that's just me. That's just who I am. I know you, and and right. you, you get very uh, passionate about certain things, and so it's gonna come out. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And so if people can't yeah. handle that, well, that's their problem. I agree. And, you know, and like I've said before, you should see some of the stuff I type and then delete when I'm like, no, that's <laughs> a little over the line. Or also, too, it'll be on somebody else's, like almost like a friend of a friend who has friended me, mm-hmm. someone I don't really know, but they post something. Yeah. And, and, and it's not necessarily what they post, but what one of their friends posts oh, in response to it. Right. And and I've gotten in a couple heated debates on that. Mm. And, um, you know, but you're on somebody else's page and it's like, damn, I, I, you know, I don't want to disrespect somebody else's page. Yeah. You know what you ought to do is that uh, anytime you post a, a very venomous uh, thing on Facebook or on Twitter, just at the end of every post just went, just, just write free speech, and that's it. 
It's like it, co- it covers a, everything, right? Yeah. Hashtag hashtag First Amendment. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. Mm-hmm. But but you're saying that uh, they shouldn't have re- free speech, but you have free speech. Oh, just you know, yes, yes, oh. I do, and that's why I'm saying fuck you. <laughs> right. But, but that's not that's not nice. It's really a lot of times it's other liberals that will be like, well, you're just as bad as they are. Oh, really? Exactly. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's my exact point. Thank you for figuring out what I'm doing here. Yeah, it's like (laughs) somebody's got to do it. Right. And so Lodger has taken up that mantle. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Anyway, enough about that craziness. Right. Let's start the show and talk about fun stuff. That sounds wonderful. Coming up in this episode, we're going to talk about, gee, what? What do you think? Twin Peaks? <laughs> Twin Peaks, Fargo? maybe. Fargo, maybe. Sure. Um, I uh, don't know what else we watch fe- all the time. Fe- that we fear the, wa- fear oh, the yeah. Walking Dead, man. Yeah, Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. There was a little bit of homoerotic wrestling going on in Fear the Walking <laughs> Dead this week. Uh, you stole my thunder. Oh, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to give you my quote anyway. <laughs> Oh, oh, absolutely. I'll give you the note that I wrote down. (laughs) Okay, cool. Awesome. Okay, once we get to it. Well, shall we start? Yeah. Yeah, shall we start the show? Hell yeah. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about. Uh Okay. I think it's my turn. Is it my turn? It is Is your turn. It's episode 44, isn't it? 44, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's like two fours right next to each other. Sailboats. It's the sailboats <laughs> episode. <laughs> Sailing takes me away to where I always heard it could be. This is the America's Cup of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Christopher Cross of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, great! All right, so all right. Uh, you got an intro ready, man? Maybe you should maybe you should get some sound effects of waves and play it under that. Anyway, <laughs> yes, I'm ready. I'll try. I always want to add music and sound and, and sound effects to the show, and I know you already work hard ass enough on just editing the crazy shit I say out. Yeah. So. Oh, hang on. I think <laughs> I think I have a, some wave sound effects right here. So let me okay. see, let me see if I can pull it up. All right, I can't hear. What the hell was that? That was a fart. Was it? Mm. It, it sounded it a little more like a fart. <laughs> Did you find... Oh my God! Those—that's the worst wave sound effect I've ever heard. That sucks. It's just hor- you know, I you know what that sounds back. like. What? That sounds like the evolution of the arm. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Uh, <laughs> say, I, say, I am the evolution of the arm, and then hit that thing. Uh, <laughs> how does it even? I don't even know how to do. I oh, I am the, the evolution, evolution of, the- of the arm. Go 
<laughs> Isn't that terrible? I mean, how? And what, you know, what would? What would? I've, I've listened to that thing <laughs> dozens of times, and it's still I I can't stop laughing every time I turn it on. Why is that so damn funny? It's just so. Funny. I don't know. It's ridiculous. I um. It's the uh, it's the universal there, joke. It's the universal joke. It the is. world round. I think even dogs and cats think fart, farts are funny. You know, um, there's, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to mention, too, you know I'm a big Kurt Vonnegut fan, right? And, yes. and a couple weeks ago, we talked about that Venus on the Half Shell book, which I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I, got, I, I found it on uh, Amazon used. Somebody had it, and it's a great book copy of it and i just started reading it but the reason the reason i wanted to mention that that i so i'll, I'll let you know what i think of it when i finish it It'll there's be a book by kurt vonnegut book review time great yeah <laughs> cool there's a book by kurt vonnegut called galapagos and it's hmm. set well it's set in several time frames like many of his books are but th- mm-hmm. there's a there's a section that's set in the future where where it's like a million years in the future where people oh. have evolved to mm-hmm. be pretty much like dolphins they're dolphin-esque oh, shit. Um, they've, okay. they've evolved that far and he and he says something like you know people are still the same as they've always been everybody still laughs when somebody farts <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah it's a good quote <laughs> yep i'm like yep doesn't matter how far we evolve it's still going to be funny when somebody farts wow that's cool that uh <laughs> the book is called Galapagos too, as well. So yeah, yeah, it all ties in with uh, yeah Darwin. It's re- yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's definitely about it's 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 really actually. I think if someone was like, I've never read Vonnegut, which book should I read? And and if you're a if you're a person who you know, there are some easier books to start with, but but Galapagos is probably his best written, most interesting and complex book mm. um, that still. Very, I mean, it's just one of those ones where someone who's never read Vonnegut could read it and really like it, and of course, fans would like it too. Okay, um, wow. Hmm. But it's 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 one of my favorites um, because, and it's actually I, w- I won't say it's deep, but I mean, it's it's some of his books are kind of breezy and easy, and uh-huh. and um, you know, he writes he writes very freeform. You know, he he can he casts himself in some of the books and hmm. and different things and it's just one that's more serious and more interesting and more more like like a novel more like a a real novel than some of his other work that doesn't sound right but anyway it's one of my favorites are you saying like some of his other works more stream of consciousness somewhat and more and you know he always liked to have a lot of white space on pages so he would write short paragraphs and and um uh, which is and have white space and stuff and i which is one of the things i always kind of liked about his work it's really easy to read Hmm. i would say i would say galapagos is more like your standard novel although still still you know it's harder to read i think than some of his other stuff hmm. um so maybe if someone okay. wasn't a big reader i would say oh start with a, a different book but okay it's a great book for 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 you know if you were like a fan of douglas copeland i think or um douglas adams and douglas copeland okay would like uh, <laughs> would like galapagos all right interesting okay anyway yeah, are we are we gonna start this sh- again are we gonna start yeah. this show Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Great. Wait, I got a fart. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes. All right. Oh, that's right. It was my fault for us getting off on that slope. Okay. Uh, <laughs> see? See what happens when you prod me? Yep. Um, yep. Okay. Hmm. All right. You good? Ready for, ready for me to count it down? Yes. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. podcast weird from the live music capital of the world austin texas the city that brought you territories wiley wiggins polyesters drew breeze huts hamburgers molly ivans and the world's largest urban population of mexican free-tailed bats it's a slippery slope the podcast with the dazed and confused slackers mark (laughs) browner and lodger uh yes wind up your iphone everyone all right hey how you doing man wind up your iphone what does that mean (sighs) that was a dr demento (laughs) if anybody knows who dr demento was and i think you do Lodger. Oh, was, hell yeah. He was on hell the radio, yeah. and he always started his radio show off saying, wind up your radios. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd bring it into the future and say, wind up your iPhones. It's time to listen to uh, Slippery Slope. Or your computer. Your- or your Android. Said- yeah. Right. I wonder if he said that because it used to be like, wind up your Victrolas. Have- and then he took it to... <laughs> The next level, which was radios. Oh, maybe. So maybe his was an evolution, and then ours is an evolution from that. Yeah, but I like it. Wind up your, wind up your, I forgot what it was. <laughs> how about, how about just wind up, your, wind up your smartphone? Wind up your smartphone. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So, hey, it's hey. episode 44. Which yeah. I think we already mentioned that in the uh, pre-show. But a lot of people. It's a sailboats episode. Oh, that's right. Yes, the America's Sailing. Cup. Sailing. Mm. Wait, it's all <laughs> repeating now. Yes. <laughs> We're just doing callback jokes. Of course, they're not quite yeah, jokes. They're just callbacks. What do you want to ask? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's a uh, you know I don't have a lot other than the TV shows we normally talk about and a couple TV shows that if we have time to talk about we can. Okay. Um. I don't have a lot of other stuff other than our People Who Died segment, too, which is actually kind of short this week. And um, Kind of, yeah. Other than that, yeah, I don't have a lot of, of stuff to talk about. But there's this one thing I wanted to ask you for a little while now because uh, it just seemed like an interesting question. It's, it's similar to our – what song was I – oh, asking if um, Break My Stride is a new wave song. Because there was, you know, when I mentioned the Encyclopedia of New Wave where I where they had Matthew Sweet, not Matthew Sweet, where Matthew Wilder was listed as as a New Wave artist. And the only song I've ever heard by him is Break My Stride. And I don't consider that a New Wave song. Right. Um, There was there's a lot of interesting information. So this is this is a book called The Encyclopedia of New Wave. It's by a guy named Daniel Buxpan. Hmm. And under under the. entry for the band wire yes um he says after about three albums uh wire released an experimental album that they wanted to play live and since they didn't want to play the hits they booked a wire cover band to open for them 
Oh, really? Now, do you think that's horrible or genius? Because I think that's genius. Wow. <laughs> um, hmm. That, I think that probably hurt a lot of their fans' feelings, but they still got to hear the hits. And if they're yeah. a really good cover band, then... Yeah, they'd have to be good. And they would have something to talk about when they got home. Well, we went to... We went to a wire concert, but they didn't play any of hits. But they had, but they had a cover band play all of their hits before their uh, new experimental show. So yeah, you know that it, it, that could be cool. It's kind of like, uh, did you and I go see um, the lead singer of Bauhaus? Oh, Peter Murphy. Yeah, Peter Murphy. Did you and I go see Peter Murphy at Emos years ago? When Emos was downtown, yeah. Yes. Okay. Remember when he he did Bella Lugosi's Dead? He didn't sing any of the song. He had one of his uh, roadies or mic techs or something uh, actually sing the song because I think. Oh God, no! I don't remember that. You don't remember oh, that? Oh, 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 no, yeah. I was probably pretty drunk by that point. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's interesting. But the funny, yeah, I mean the the interest, uh, yeah, the funny thing about it is that it really didn't take away from the enjoyment of the song because everybody loves that song. I mean, it's probably Bauhaus's biggest hit. And I'm sure Peter Murphy vowed at some point in his career never to sing that song ever again because he's sick of it. So he, right. So he had his Mike Tech or Roadie or whoever it was uh, sing it and did a great version of it. And hey, Peter Murphy was standing right next to him while he was singing it, so it was it was officially sanctioned. So what's wrong with that? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I you know I would re- much rather have that than have him not do the song at all. Right. You know, so, yeah, it's it's just like I think it would be interesting. Like we, we you know, we saw Brian Ferry a couple months ago and he did mm-hmm. a lot of uh, his. Uh, I went, well, I would say half of the show was old Roxy Music songs. Absolutely. And and if it had been a show where a great Roxy Music cover band came out and opened and then he came out and did his solo stuff, I'd have been fine with that. Huh. I think that would be interesting. Sure. I could have lived with I mean, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, you know, the show was great and he did a great job and it was awesome. But, mm-hmm. you know, s- some things like that wouldn't bother wouldn't bother me at all. It definitely, it would have they'd have to be good. You'd have to get the best damn cover band right. that you could find that does your your songs. Yes. And they'd have to be spot on. They couldn't be their own interpretations, you know. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, they'd have to really want to do the the songs justice, which, you know, there's a lot. I mean, I, I've i always liked cover bands, and I've always liked uh, what they call tribute bands, I guess, more than anything. Sure. Um, I'm telling you, we went and saw um, the band that does the Bowie stuff. Uh, I can't remember what they're called off the top of my head right now, but um, you know. Super Freaks? Yeah. Super Freaks? Not Super Freaks. uh Scary monsters, super, super creep. creeps, super, super creeps. creeps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit. And you know mm-hmm. that's as good as a Bowie show, man. They oh. do a great job. It's just as fun. And I would go to see them if they were opening for whoever. I would get at a at a larger venue. I'd be glad to go see them play. Oh, absolutely. They they put on a wonderful show. And I didn't we talk about it on one of our past episodes when we went and saw Super Creeps. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. If any of y'all want to do some browsing through our uh, our podcast archive, you can find that one if you haven't heard it already. 
if you're new to the podcast. But, yeah, yeah, there's so much, you know, not to get off on another slope, but mm-hmm. this week is the one year anniversary of the Pulse shootings in Orlando. Yes. And a lot of a lot of people online were talking about it. And like Tyler mm-hmm. Oakley went to Orlando and visited the the Pulse nightclub and, and talked about what's going on in the city now. And I saw lots of other uh, people who do YouTube stuff and um different LGBTQ plus stuff uh-huh. talking about the one year anniversary. Um, and some of them were, you know, it's a fine line. It's hard to, to talk about that. You don't want to use it to hype yourself. Yeah. Um, right. And Tyler, Tyler did a really great job of, of not hyping himself, but mm-hmm. he's, 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 he is a hype machine. He's always hyping himself no matter what he does, uh, but he did it in a very reverent fashion. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, it, it was a good, it's a great video and it got me teary eyed, but anyway, it got me started. I almost got on Twitter and started saying, Oh, listen to our podcast from last year where we talked about the Orlando shooting. Cause that was one of our early podcasts, like episode three or four. I, I think you're and, right. And and then I was just like, "Mm, that's kind of not a good idea to hype yourself talking about, oh, we talked about this a year ago when it happened. It just didn't seem like Mm. the right thing to do. Well, true. Um, Yeah, I mean, but it it was an important topic to discuss then, and it's an important topic to discuss now, um, lest we forget, as we should not. Right, absolutely, Uh absolutely. I just, you know... I mean, I think um, uh, when you were talking about old episodes, I was like, yeah, that's an episode that uh, I went back and listened to uh, a little bit of that episode uh, earlier this week because I just kind of wanted to to look back at the podcast. And, and, you know, our early podcasts are a lot different from what we do now in some ways and pretty much the yeah. same in other ways. Right. But um, there's been uh, but it was an, interesting to go back. Yeah, there's been an evolution. But yeah, I think we we talk about the same kinds of things. We just have a. a a little more structured format. Right, right. Yeah, sort of. Uh, well, and we talk <laughs> sort a lot of structured. Longer too. Well, we that's, talk, yeah. Right. Oh, my God. We talk for a lot yes, longer. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. and it, what well, another thing that was interesting was like, it's, you know, it's June of, of 16. It's bef- way before the election. Uh, oh, yeah. I guess so, it is. Yeah. If know, it's a year ago. Yeah. We still had high yeah. hopes back then. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you know, it was really interesting to listen to a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, and consider where we are now a year later as well. So Right. Nothing going to break our stride. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, man. I can't believe you did that. I'm that's, sorry. that's funny. So, <laughs> we are the show of slippery slopes and callbacks. Yes, indeed. Indeed, we are. <laughs> that's what we do here. We sure are. Uh, okay. Um, all right, man. Well, since we're well, talking let's keep about this episode. Shh. Well, since we're talking about people who died at Pulse Nightclub, maybe we should transition into our people who died Worst segment. Segue I know. Ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was terrible. Oh. I'm, oh, I'm gonna, I'm it gonna was say, bad enough. Yeah, I'm gonna say what you said last week. I'm a terrible person. I'm, I'm a horrible yeah. person. I apologize. Yeah. I'm just a horrible person. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad enough. I used it on the show to hype listening to old podcast episodes. Well, but you really took it to the next level. <laughs> well, 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 you, see, you see what I did for you there, Lodger. I wanted you to not feel bad about yourself, so I, 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 I took all that pain and I put it on my own shoulders 
<laughs> Thanks, man. You're that's welcome. That's why you're the best co-host ever. That's why. That's why I love doing this show every week. You make me look good, man. Uh, uh-uh, uh-huh. you're the best co-host ever. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. Well, nah. You make yourself look good. Pat yourself on the sack for that. It's the Mutual Admiration Society <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a great joke about this is us that we talked about earlier when we were uh, earlier in the week when we were texting each other. Mm-hmm. And that's in my list of stuff to talk about, too. So coming up. All right. Uh, this is us joke. <laughs> yeah. All right. I can't wait. All right. I know, right? Yes. Um, Well, do you want to cue music? Why don't you just cue the music, man, and let's just get into it. All right. People who died, cue music. Yes, of course. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. This one, this... This was a rough week, even though there were a lot of people who died that were uh, not just not household names. And and really, you know, some act there's always actors and from other countries and only if they were in movies that really you would you would know in the U.S. Do Mm -hmm. I ever mention them? Um, And there's always scientists and politicians and sports figures. And um, almost once a week, some old racehorse gets euthanized. There's crazy shit. And when you go on (laughs) when you go on fucking um, Wikipedia's uh, deaths in 2017 page. Damn. Okay. Yeah, that's true. But, but uh, we don't we don't uh, get like huge. Not every week is there someone who's just really more than a household name. Yeah. Like an icon, really. Oh, yeah, definitely an icon. And I know exactly who you are uh, referring to, of course. Adam uh-huh. West. Yes, Adam West. No, 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 no. Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Dead guy. No, that's terrible. Oh that's man. Terrible okay. I'm now the sh- now the shame has been transferred to your shoulders now. Damn. Oh my that's god. Terrible. I know. Oh, it's going to become a contest to see who can be oh. the shittiest person. That oh, could the be. Show. <laughs> that might very well be. Mm. But yeah, uh, I mean, you say I, the name Adam West, and that's Batman for me. That's my first exposure to Batman ever, was Adam West on on TV. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny because my first reaction mm -hmm. was, who's going to voice the mayor on Family Guy? Oh, Um, well, there you go. That's right. Because, I mean, Adam West has been a part of pop culture for 50 years you know yeah i mean and maybe longer i don't even remember i didn't notice off the top of my head i don't remember how old he was was he he was 88 88 years old when he died wow 88 yeah yeah Yeah. he had a good run i mean he that's he did Mm -hmm. i mean he's been a part of pop culture for over 50 years so easily yes yeah Mm. and it's really it's really interesting how he has remained relevant you know and had ups and downs i mean true there are you know there are there were times probably in the i don't even know in the 80s maybe the 90s but by but by 2000 he's doing family guy mm-hmm. and of course young people know him because he used he used his real name on family guy i, I you know i don't even know what the oh. story of how they how that happened how he got on family guy i'm sure it's on one of the dvds 
um, where they talk, you know, the what do you call it when they talk and explain the DVD to you? The director's commentary or whatever. Yes, mm-hmm. the commentary. I'll, I'll bet you that Adam West agent called the producers of Family Guy and said, hey, guess what? Adam's available. <laughs> Just a guess. I'm just, I'm going out on a limb here. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's certainly possible. Or I think um, it could be just a thing where um, Seth MacFarlane loved the old Batman and was like, yeah, just a one-time thing that just grew into more. Mm-hmm. Could be. I mean, besides Batman and Family Guy, I can't really say I know other things that Adam West did. I'm sure he did a bunch of the... Uh, TV westerns back in the day when you, there used to be a thousand, you know, TV westerns on American television and other right. guest appearances, etc. But uh, there was one movie that I remember seeing Adam West in, and it was called Robinson Crusoe on Mars. Did you ever see that movie? Oh, I think I have, but it's been a long, long time ago. Right, and he wasn't even the like. St- I don't even know how long ago. Right. He wasn't even the star of the movie. He was just like a supporting cast and his character was killed off uh, early on in the movie. But uh, yes. But when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, hey, that's Batman. Wow. What's he doing in this movie? <laughs> not, right. Yeah. Not, not a whole lot. He's being a corpse. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I think I just did it. I did it. I, I just transferred <laughs> the mantle of shame back onto my own shoulders. <laughs> it's it's it, it's just going to go back and forth, I think. But uh, that's just what's going to happen. The bottom line about Adam West is, you know, he was part of my childhood, and so uh, um, he will be missed. Absolutely. You know, I, I I think it's just so cool that he was in Family Guy. And my niece, who's like 13 or 14 years old, knows who he is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she probably she may not even know that he ever played Batman. She may now because it's probably been talked about more. But, you know, that may be something she just learned within the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's you know, true. it's it's cool. We all have our different ends to Adam West, I guess depending upon what your generation right. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just looking at, at, I was just kind of pulling up his filmography to see. And like in the 70s, he's really only in about five movies, but he did a ton of TV work. Right. You know? Yeah, I'm sure he was, he had a guest appearance on The Virginian and Wild Wild West and who knows what else. Yeah, uh, and a lot of voice work too. He did a lot of cartoon voice work, it looks like here. Oh, yeah, and then he's yeah. on, he did some stuff on uh, Big Bang Theory and. Oh. Really? And, um, hmm. Yeah, just a, just a ton of things. And, I, th- you know, I think what people always liked about him was sh- he wasn't like one of those guys that was like, uh, don't mention Batman. You know, he would he, he, oh, would he embraced do self-referential it. humor. Yeah. Yeah. And it, he just made it fun. You know, he mm-hmm. was in on it and had a good time with it. Right. And they were say I was just reading where they were saying Seth MacFarlane made a point of not referencing Batman on Family Guy, oh. which, which is hmm. great as well. So, you know, um, yeah. So anyway, that that guy was an icon. I couldn't and and unexpected. I mean, I know he was 88, but he you'd see him in stuff and and he i mean he looked older of course but he he didn't look crazy old like and um 
and think, never seemed sick, you know, you know. Uh, I think he uh, he developed uh, leukemia, I think, within the last yeah. few years, and uh, that's what did him in. Yeah, and apparently, I don't know if it was even within the last few months, apparently it wasn't diagnosed until, maybe it was a few years ago, but it was mm. one of those, but I, I think they said it was more of like almost a surprise Um yeah, you I, know, or unexpected right. that it hadn't been. Yeah, I think that I it happened. So yeah, I think I had read that as well. That it was, yeah, it was kind of a, a sudden occurrence. Maybe it had been ongoing. The diagnosis it just, was right, exactly. So, so yeah, that was that was the culture. That was the cultural icon that that mm-hmm. we lost this week. Yeah. Um, and then sure. there was there was Glenn Glenn Headley. Right. Yeah. That was kind of a shock because she was, you know, actually fairly young. She was only 62 years old. So that's right. uh, a little young to be dying. And maybe the listeners out there can't quite place who we're talking about. But she was in, what, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Uh, Dick Tracy? A ton of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Holland's Opus. Right. Uh, but when I think of her, I always think she was in Lynch's hotel room in one of the segments in that show, which we've talked about on other episodes, which was a it was like a three pronged triptych of stories that was made into a, a made for cable movie. But it was kind of a proposed uh, TV series that didn't happen. Oh. And it was weird. What was it called? And um, Hotel Room. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you had mentioned yeah, that uh, previously. We've yeah. talked about that. Right. Yeah. Can't, it's mm-hmm. hard to find now, although I think you can find some of it online. Hmm. I looked for something when she died to post online on our, our uh, page, but there wasn't really actually anything from Hotel Room that was easily used. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it probably is hard to find Hotel Room online because I, I couldn't find anything that was her either her episode or a clip of her episode. Well, there was a clip, but somebody had she does a dance i mm-hmm. believe she plays a prostitute and she does a kind of a striptease type dance uh-huh. a, and um someone had taken it and put other music to it or something and so oh hmm. it wasn't it wasn't really anything that that showcased her because she's an interesting actress i loved i mean i she's so great in dirty rotten scoundrels oh, definitely and, and one of my favorite movies i can't watch it without bawling my eyes out every time is mr holland's opus that movie just makes me sob okay i know i'm a sucker yeah, a little uh, bit, but, but have you ever watched it i have yeah it's a great movie i mean it's it's, uh, it's an epic journey through a man's life it is mm-hmm. it is I just loved – I saw it – when I saw it, I worked for a movie theater, and I had worked in the concession stand that day. And at the theater I worked at at the time, they made you wear a white collared shirt with long sleeves hmm. if you worked in the concession stand. Okay. And so you would work in the concession stand making popcorn all day. Your sleeves would get covered with butter and salt. Right. I was, and, I was uh, about to uh, say that. You didn't put the yellow shirt by the end of the night. So I'm in in Mr. Holland's opus after work. I just got off and went in and watched it because I'd wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. And I start bawling and then wipe. And I didn't have a, a napkin or anything. I start wiping my eyes with my sleeves, which are full of salt and butter. <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> I'll never forget that. So like, God damn it! Why didn't uh-huh. I bring a napkin? <laughs> right. Um, so you were really bawling uh, by that by the end of oh, that. Oh, I was mm. crying, crying, crying. Yeah, <laughs> but I just. 
I, I, you know, I'm kind of a sucker for, I, you know, I know someone could watch Mr. Holland's Opus and say, oh, it's totally manipulative and, and blah, blah, blah. I loved it. I thought it was great. No, it's it's a good I'll movie. I'll watch it again right now. Right. It's a, yeah. Oh, the thing where he's, his son, he's a music teacher and his son is deaf. I mean, my God, mm-hmm. could anything be more, you Ironic. know. Ironic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, and the way they do it, it yeah, it just it breaks your heart and then it heals it, man. Hmm. Oh, okay, <laughs> wow. Huh. And she's great. She plays the mom in it, Mr. Holland's wife, and she's great uh-huh. in that movie. I really liked her because she would do. She could. She was one of those actresses that could play any role. Mm-hmm. You know, in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, she's kind of a scoundrel, and oh, she yeah, plays just absolutely. A, kind of a loving wife. And then in Hotel Room, she's a prostitute. Institute. Mm-hmm. And um, so she could play any kind of a role. She's really and really good at it. Right. There's a Vonnegut connection, too, because she was in a, a filmed version of Breakfast of Champions. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. I can't remember who directed. It's not very good. Um, Bruce oh, Willis really? plays mm. the main character. Yeah. OK. And uh, in in several Vonnegut novels, there's a he used he he had the same characters uh, reappear in a lot of his novels. Hmm. And there was uh, in a lot of novels, there was a female character named Francine Pefko. And usually she was a secretary uh, who was having an affair with her boss or um, or just a secretary or a character like that a, a a woman in business but not a not an important woman in business uh, that sounds wrong but you know what i mean okay. she, never, she never owned a company or anything but she's always like a secretary type character anyway right um that's the character she played in breakfast of Champ- champions so she's okay she's uh francine pefko for a lot of vonnegut fans i think hmm. all right glenn Brought headley it back around to vonnegut man yeah, <laughs> yeah we did wow <laughs> amazing I guess those are the those are the big two names that uh, we had to talk about are people who died. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, of course, I think we probably should mention some other ones, like the uh, 17 people who died in the Glenfell Tower fire in London. 17 people so far, I should say. Right. So, it was 12 yeah. the last time I heard. So there's, there's yeah. been more developments. Yeah, I think so. And Anita Pallenberg, did you hear about her? Mm-hmm. Model and actress, yep. former partner of Keith Richards. Yep, uh, she's, that was actually a name I recognized. I don't know, did you... I mean, it's, it's not a name I heard often, but I recognized yeah. it from reading about the Stones and... Right. And um, she was in Barbarella, so oh, okay. I definitely... Hmm. Mm-hmm. recognize that name but i had to kind of look up who she was because i couldn't quite remember okay yeah let's see uh another name uh playwright a.r gurney he wrote the plays love letters and the cocktail hour i don't know if you've heard of those i've heard of love letters nope. i've heard of love letters the uh, community theater i used to do plays that did many productions of love letters for some reason I don't know if it was an an, if it was an annual thing or it was like if for some reason uh, another play dropped out or something they you know they trot out love letters because they had you know actors who already knew the lines and they could you know jump in at a moment's notice to uh, put up right. put, put up a production of love letters so that's that's my connection to A.R. Gurney as hmm. te- as tenuous as that may be. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the play Love Letters sounds familiar, but I'm sure there's there's probably more than one play called Love Letters, but yeah, but <laughs> just not the, something I'm that familiar with. Right. Actually, not familiar with it all, really, I don't think. 
Okay. Um, yeah, that was the that was usually at the Sam Bass Community Theater in Round Rock. Who uh, someone who I think listens to this podcast, Frank Benge, who I think I mentioned in a previous podcast. Well, right now Frank is battling cancer, so I'm giving a shout out to Frank and uh, Frank. Keep a stiff upper lip. I know you can can get through this. So best of luck to you, my friend. Good luck, uh, Frank. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's see um, what else we got. Do uh, you hear um, about Brandon Rogers? Yep, uh, that was on my list too. Okay, he was supposedly what an upcoming contestant on America's Got Talent. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess he's so he's filmed his filmed his episode but it hasn't aired yet at least it hadn't a couple days ago but i don't know what Hmm. yeah he died in a car accident and i think he was only 29 i don't remember do you remember was he a singer or or did it say i don't think i ever saw anything that said what he did yeah i don't know i i was assuming that he was a singer but you know that's that may be an incorrect assumption so right yeah Hey, I've got one for you. Sam Panopoulos. Do you hear about him? Nope. He was the Canadian restaurateur who invented Hawaiian pizza. Oh, I think I saw that one, yes. Which yeah. I which I hate by yeah. the way. I don't I don't think pineapple belongs on pizza, but that's just me. Oh, I love Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> I know. But so does so, Sierra. So does Sierra. So What what's so funny is that there was a there's a franchise of pizza places mainly in the Midwest called Happy Joe's, mm-hmm. and they, their signature pizza is Canadian bacon and pineapple. And the story is that the guy who franchised Happy Joe's, I don't know, maybe it's this guy, maybe that's the guy. Um, <laughs> but the story was a, a friend he he told a friend he could make a pizza with anything, and his friend challenged him to, to make it with whatever was in his house oh, at the time, and I and see. he had ham and pineapple and he made a ham and pineapple pizza and it was great ah. but so happy joe's has built their franchise around that story oh but um interesting whether it, that's the same guy or not i don't know um right. well i mean i'm sorry happy joe's has this pizza <laughs> that's called a taco pizza and it's like a, a ground beef pizza right and then they put fresh lettuce and tomato on top of it and then crunched up nacho cheese doritos it's the freaking best pizza you will ever have in your life it sounds delicious yeah it's amazing yeah i crave it and i haven't had one i hadn't had one since we moved to texas in the 70s yeah and then i had one a few years ago i went back and there's a happy joe's close to my old hometown so happy um, joe's Happy Joe's pizza and ice cream. Why mm. the fuck would you put pizza and ice cream in? I don't know. Well, you know, you uh, got to you got to have dessert. Right? I mean, when I was a kid, we'd get pizza, we'd get the taco pizza and then they mm-hmm. had spumante. And I that's the only place I've ever had spumante, which is some kind of Italian ice cream and yes. that's delicious. That's a good combination. <laughs> that makes sense. It's kind of, you know. Yeah, it's delicious, man. Italian, Italian, right. Okay. <laughs> That's right, Italian Italian. It's a Mexican Italian pizza. Right. And then What's cool what I realized Sumati. when I had it a couple of years ago what I what I realized when I had it a couple of years ago was that it's not just a regular pizza that's like a um 
like a hamburger pizza per mm-hmm. se. Mm-hmm. It, it's more of a, there's some sort of special sauce they use that that isn't just marinara, something that complements it and gives it more of a taco flavor. But it's not just like salsa. It's just something that's a little different from your normal marinara. But for some reason, it makes it the perfect freaking taco pizza. Ah, Plus oh, the crunched up nacho cheese Doritos. Oh, my God. It just mm, I want one right now. <laughs> Oh, and the dessert you were talking about. I think you were talking about spumoni. Spumoni, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, spumoni. I'm, I'm looking yeah, at a picture of it, it right now. It looks delicious. It's it looks like delicious, man. It's like it's almost like a Neapolitan style ice cream. Yeah, and you never see it anywhere. I haven't mm-hmm. seen, the only place I've ever seen it. Of course, I haven't really looked, but the only place I've ever seen it is is Happy Joe's. I I'm sure you can buy it in some specialty. I mean, like you know, somebody's got to have it somewhere, right? Like a real Italian restaurant, perhaps. Maybe or <laughs> Maybe. you know, I don't know. Isn't uh, isn't it um. Isn't it? Um, what's that? Is like Central Market? Doesn't Central Market like make their own gelatos and shit? Maybe, possibly. I think they do. It sounds delicious, you know, our, though. <laughs> uh, we have a friend called uh, Polly at the Gates of Dawn, and she used to work for Central Market and make gelato. Oh, okay. Well, then that's verified. Then I yes. did not know yeah. that. Unless she works for the other place. What's the place that's similar to to Central Market? No. Wheatsville Co-op. Yeah, it's not that. Okay. Whole Foods Market. Whole fucking foods. Jeez. Food for your like goes in one hole and out the other. <laughs> I, I can't believe that we we had we both had brain farts on remembering the name of that place. I mean, it's I, like the biggest I health know. food store in uh, in town, multiple locations. Right. So, and anyway. our friend worked for. I know she worked for Central Market. I re, I remember yeah. that clearly. When you when when you say Whole Foods, I'm like, nope, that's not it. Yeah. But Whole Foods might have spumoni too. Who knows? You never know who's got it. Exactly. Right. Now I want some. Anyway. I want some spumoni in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, that that just sounded wrong. (laughs) That just sounds wrong. Those boys on that podcast talk about all kinds of crazy stuff. One of them said he wanted spumoni in his mouth. (laughs) What's he talking about? Okay. So uh, I guess we're done with our people who died segment. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's, cue let's that go music. ahead and wrap that up. All right, cue that bean music. Bean music? Ah, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. The Jim Carroll Band and People Who Died on Radio Slope. Yeah, Radio Slope. I love it. <laughs> okay. Now, I know we probably want to jump right into uh, Twin Peaks or uh, TV Heaven or something like that. But I do need to mention that this past Saturday, uh, Sierra and I went to the Austin 360 Amphitheater to see... Some music. Oh, yeah. yeah, and we had coordinated with our friends Marisol and Eric and Shelly Pennington Embry, and um, her daughter was there as well. And matter of fact, Shelly and her daughter sat right next to Sierra and myself, and Eric and Marisol and I think some other folks were out on the lawn area of Austin 360. You know, you, at the 360? Yeah, you have you have a seated area, and then you have a lawn area behind the, the seating at the amphitheater, and... Uh, 
it was a it was a hot freaking day because we got there like right at five o'clock because the opening act was starting shortly no actually we got there about seven but it was you know sun was still up it was hot i was like man this might be rough but uh, we we got to our seats and it happened that the seats that we had were in a shaded part of the amphitheater i was like thank god so anyway the the headliner was muse and uh, uh the opening acts were paris and uh 30 seconds to mars which is headlined by jared leto Yes. If, if you didn't know that. You guys posted some pictures and stuff. I, I know right, that. I am not a fan of any of those. Well, I don't know you the know, first band. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a, just not a fan of the uh, other two. Right. I mean, I've heard 30 Seconds to Mars and uh, Muse. I mean, if you listen to uh, 101X for any length of time, you're definitely going to hear both of those bands. Paris, I never heard before, uh, which is headlined by a, a woman. And she has a wonderful voice and a, a great opening act for both of those. I think... I probably might want to get Sierra in here to uh, give her take on it. Uh, Jared Leto's band, 30 Seconds to Mars, is good. His brother is in the band with him. His brother's name is Shannon, I believe. And um, Jared Leto is, uh, I think he might be a little bit of a narcissist. But anyway. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> you think? Huh. So, he, okay, when, they're, when 30 Seconds to Mars came on stage Jared Leto came on with a pink uh, pullover stocking cap a silver glittery mask that completely covered his face a kind of a grayish purplish house coat with a yellow to the knees frock shirt and I have to admit he's And he's, it was 98 degrees outside. Oh yeah, I'm sure he was sweating his ass off. He probably couldn't wait to get that silver glittery mask off and he did within, you know, after the the very first song and then took the stocking cap off as well and took the house coat off. Right. And uh, put on like a baseball cap or something like that. But he's quite a showman, I must say, and I enjoyed the music. And everything. It's just I'm not a big, necessarily a big fan of 30 Seconds to Mars or Muse, but I had a good time. But Sierra, she's definitely a Muse fan, and that's the reason and the impetus of, of why we went to the show. And I'm glad that I went, but uh, I'm sure she's super glad. She's seen Muse before. And here she is. And here to uh, give her take on the Austin 360 Amphitheater show with Muse is Sierra. Hi! I don't know if you can hear me, but hi! Hi, Roger. So she can't hear me. (laughs) Hey, man! (laughs) I was just saying hi to you, but you couldn't hear me. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, the show was fun. So tell us all about it. I want to say before, before... before you start, I want to say I love Jared Leto as an actor. I think he's an amazing actor. He's uh, he's great. Um, yeah, I love him in Dallas Buyers Club, oh, in Requiem for a Dream. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he really is. And I didn't really know what to expect from him as far as a musical performance, because I had never seen right. 30 Seconds to Mars before. But, I mean, he was... He was into it. I mean, he was super interactive with the audience and very enthusiastic. He was kind of dressed like a Hare Krishna, which was kind of weird. But um, (laughs) I don't know what was up with that getup. But um, and I guess he had hurt his knee that night. So he was kind of limping around like 
I mean, I didn't notice it at first, uh, but towards the end, you could tell that he was kind of struggling with that issue. <laughs> but he brought like a ton of people up on stage. And um, I guess before we had gotten there, uh, Marisol and um, Shelly had seen a camera crew approaching people and interviewing them. And um there was a couple that had a 10-year-old boy, and I guess their first date was a 30 Seconds to Mars concert, and then this show was their son's first 30 Seconds to Mars show, or his first concert, one of the two, and they pulled right. them up on stage during the show for like the last song. That was kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. cool, yeah. And he, he Snapchatted with the audience on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I saw um, at Montesol and Eric's house, I saw this has been probably three, four years ago. They had taped or DVR'd from from TV uh, an episode of some sh- I think it was just a concert that was on like, you know, Showtime or or some other random cable show. There was just a, like a 30 minute, 30 seconds from Mars concert. And. You know, it just I, I was just like, yeah, it just doesn't do it for yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> I think part of part of my part of the reason it doesn't do it for me is usually when Leto is singing for the band, when he's on tour with them, he lets his beard grow and he's all scruffy looking. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want me to know. Yeah, he had the Jesus look going for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And. And there, um, but it's funny because I I remember when we were watching it, we were kind of laughing about how he was on stage because he, I think he's, you know, he's doing that performance thing where he plays kind of an egotistical rock star guy, yeah, you know, and that's a little bit of a character that he does, I think. Right. Yeah, but it was, it was entertaining. It was fun. And then um, Muse was really good. They always put on a really good show. I believe this was first, second... This was my fourth time seeing them. Wow. Yeah, I like them a lot. <laughs> but uh, they're a British band. I saw them for the first time when I still lived in California in like 03 or 04. And then I saw them one more time in California before I moved to Texas. And then I saw them at a ACL festival one year. Ah, mm-hmm. But they put on a really great show. And their, their sound is very interesting. It's, I mean, some songs sound more like hard rock. Some have more like electronica kind of sound. Um, occasionally, right. there's even kind of like an orchestra type interlude in intertwined within the songs, uh, which is kind of interesting. And the first time I saw them, I had heard of them and I was familiar with a couple of their songs, but I saw them at an all day show where there were like 12 bands playing. Um, but they played this song called Butterflies and Hurricanes and they like pushed an upright piano out on the stage. And I was like, what's going on here? But that is the song that has like a lot of orchestra type sound, like strings and piano and stuff in it. And that's when I was like, okay, I love this band and I'm going to see them as often as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny that I don't know how long they've been around, but they've definitely been around for a while. They started Um, in the 90s, but I don't think they became, you know, very well known until like the early 2000s, I think. 
Right, because I've heard of them for a long time, and then I've only heard a couple of their songs. And um, it's funny because when you were talking about how every song is a little different or they do different styles sometimes. Right. And it it reminded me, last time I was hanging out with my nephew, he played some music uh, by, uh, I think it's a group, maybe it's a girl named Grimes. Are you familiar with Grimes? That sounds familiar, but I don't know why. Ah, okay. There may be like a song or two that I've heard that I like or something. I'm sure you have. They're fairly popular, um, and I'm sure they play them on 101X. But they have the same – she or them, whichever it is. I think it's a girl, actually. I think that's her name. But, um, you know, some songs are electronic. Some songs are more hard rock. And um, it's hard to get into her because I'll like one song, and then there'll be a different song. And I'm like, "Eh, I don't like this one. And it's just really – it just really – throws you off and it's funny because what i love about bowie is that he does so many different things but (laughs) right (laughs) but when someone else does it i'm like oh i can't figure this band out (laughs) right right and he has like a very he's kind of known for his falsetto voice um which Mm. i think can sometimes be off-putting to some people it was funny we were listening uh to muse in the car on the way over there and i don't remember which song it was but mark was like is this when he was going through his prince phase (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, well. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you saw Shelly there, too. Yeah, we were uh, sitting next was, to her. Did yeah. you know they were going or was that? Oh, okay. yeah. I, I couldn't figure out how to get pre-sale for the show. And she had posted to Facebook. I got a pre-sale code and I was like, pretty, please get us tickets. So she got us tickets and then I just PayPal'd her the money. So we were sitting next oh, to that's her cool. and her daughter. That's cool. Yeah. I know she's a big Muse fan. I, her and I have talked about Muse before. Um, so I, I know she likes them. That's one of her favorite bands, I do believe. And so, um, it was, I was interesting that she was there as well as Imodisol and Eric. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. You know, you know, all those friends because of me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And they always ask about you, too. <laughs> oh, well, that's sweet. That's nice. Yeah. I, yeah, I haven't talked to you. Grow, You know, I worked with both of them at a certain point. But um, uh, Madisol now is with her son is just she's got a, a new life with kids <laughs> and um, and Shelly with her business. She's constantly working. And so I just don't see them and talk to them as much as I used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get together sometimes. It is. We it should, is. We should, Especially we should people plan with a, kids and lives. And- <laughs> right. I know. We should plan a reunion gather, gathering, like, uh, book it like 30 days in advance. <laughs> yeah. Maybe 90 days in advance. Right. Yeah. We need to do something like something when it's not at, not at the height of summer, though. Yeah. No, not, not, <laughs> not in the summertime. <laughs> I was actually pleasantly <laughs> surprised because when we bought tickets for the show, I was like, Ah, fuck, June, an outdoor concert. It's going to be miserable. But I mean, it was gorgeous out. There was a breeze. It was really nice. Shocking. Yeah, last week, it's just this first, this week that has been started to get crazy. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to be 100 um, this weekend. And I'm just like, 100. God damn it. Oh, that's nuts. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I think I think this August will be my 11 year anniversary in Texas, and I am still not acclimated to that kind of weather. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I you know, I bought a new car. You know very well I bought a new car. And uh, 
uh, it's black with black interior. It's hot <laughs> as fuck in that car when you first get in it. Yeah. I mean, the steering wheel is almost untouchable. And uh, and I'm like, it's just going to fucking get worse. I bought a yeah. fucking oven on wheels, man. <laughs> well, my interior is black, too. I mean, at least my exterior isn't. But um, get one of those wind obnoxious window visor thingy, my bobbies. Forget about those. They help yeah. in the summertime. That's definitely something I need to do. I've also thought about getting some kind of steering wheel cover that's white or something. But yeah. Uh, I, I, and I also thought about driving gloves. I'm like, oh, I'll just wear <laughs> driving gloves. That'll be cool. <laughs> that would work. <laughs> with, with my new sporty little car. Oh, I'm a sports car driver. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll have we'll have relief from the heat in three months, 11 hours, 11 minutes and 45 seconds. Do you have a countdown clock going? I do. Oh, my gosh. How awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it, how, it'll, how long? It'll be Right. Again? Three months, 11 hours, 11 minutes and 26 seconds. Uh, oh, that's right. It's less. It's it, it'll be less than three months in just a few hours. Yeah. Woohoo. I know. It'll and that's be two like, months and 30 days. And yes. <laughs> and that's like the nasty, humid part of the year, too. So it'll be nice to get away for a little bit. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. I, I You know, we originally shot for August and then it didn't work out for my nephew to be off in August. Uh, but that was my whole thought is if we're going, let's go in the hot of the summer. Right. <laughs> when, it, when it will be when it will be nice to be along the coast in California. And it might even be a little chilly at times. That would be great. Yeah, it'll actually cool down a lot at night. Like bring a sweater. Yeah, definitely. I will. <laughs> Dress in layers. That's what I that's what I've been told. Dress in layers. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, well cool. Should I hand you back off to to Mark? In, unless you've got anything else you want to talk about. I don't think so. Oh, you know what I did read today that was kind of interesting about Muse? Um, I guess Celine Dion had a show in Vegas a while back, and she wanted to call the show Muse, but they had rights to the name, so they threatened to sue her. Ah. And she offered him fifty. Ah. She offered him fifty thousand dollars, and they said no because they were afraid that people would think that they were like her backing band. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, 50,000 is nothing. Too. I know. I know. I was like, you oh, know, it's kind of insulting. <laughs> yeah. A million. I might think about it, but 50,000. No. Fuck right. You. <laughs> Fuck you, Celine. <laughs> and you're know, French, French. Well, she's not French Canadian. She's well, I don't even know where Celine Dion is from. Me neither. Is she is she American? I have no, no idea. I don't I she thought she was Canadian. Maybe that was her husband. Her husband was definitely Canadian. Okay. But I don't know about her. We'll have to. It's another thing that we'll I'll have to look up and then post on the Facebook page. Right. We'll, we'll Google <laughs> that later. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I'll be Mark. Googling Celine Dion later. <laughs> Mark can edit that in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'll I'll just say the sentence. She's Canadian, and then he can fill in the blank. There you go. <laughs> with whatever whatever nationality she is. Right. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I guess I will talk to you later. It was fun chatting. Okay. Cool. Okay. You me? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's different and fun to have yeah. you on the show. Yeah. Maybe we'll get another <laughs> mic and headset, and we'll find something else to talk about later. Yeah. Absolutely. Okie dokie. Bye. Especially after we go to San Francisco. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll have we plenty to chat to... about then. 
Yeah, absolutely. Get a you got th- you got hour three hour. months, eleven hours, and two minutes to get that done, Mark. Yes. <laughs> 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 All right. Bye. Bye. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks, babe. Thanks, babe. Did you kick the crap? That was fun. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Yay. Thanks yeah. to Sierra for giving us a, a good rundown of the, the Muse show. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's always good. It's to... nice to talk to Sierra. Yeah. We could always bring her on as a as an extra special guest every now and again. And like y'all were talking about, yeah. uh, after our California trip, it, it would only make sense to do so. Yeah, I was Never. just saying, you know, she has a countdown clock going for the um <laughs> I know, I just found out trip. about that, right? That's hilarious. Right? That's a great idea. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was like, Mark, you got three months, 11 hours, and two minutes to get another mic set up <laughs> for right? her. I think I can do that. Nothing but a few clicks on Amazon and we're set up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, That'll I, be fun. Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting another one of these microphones that I have right here. Of course, I'll probably have to get another mic stand as well. But hey, it's worth it. Yeah. Will do. Okay, cool. Cool. So do uh, you want to jump into uh, Twin Peaks or TV Heaven? Probably well, Twin Peaks. Let's, let's talk about, yeah, uh, let's talk about the Peaks. The Peaks. Twin Peaks. The Return. (laughs) The Return. Episode 6. Exactly. Wow. Oh, you got a cue music here? Yes, here it is. Okay, You've I'm, heard of Julie Cruz. I'm yeah. Ju- Julie Snooze. Anyway. <laughs> Don't worry. I, I, I can edit all of that out. It'll be okay. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. That was great. Hey, man, you attempted it. You attempted to, to do Julie Cruz, so props to you. Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, leave that all in. Yes. Leave that all in. Abs- I, I absolutely. Be, uh, you know, I sing just as good as Jared Leto. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Adopt. Adopting my Jared Leto pose. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not with the uh, w- with the injured knee. The, uh, Jer- yeah, right. Okay, right. Okay, so or a, uh, or a house hmm. coat in the middle of summer. Um, <laughs> what was he thinking? All right. I know, right? So anyway, Twin Peaks episode six. Cooper. Oh gets, yay! Yeah. So it starts off. <laughs> it starts with Dougie. Yes. Well. <laughs> yes. Good Cooper. That everybody thinks is Dougie, uh, gets taken home by the cops because he's hanging around that statue just a little bit too long. Right. <laughs> yes. So he gets home. Janie E. takes charge after finding out about Jade from the bookies who sent a picture of him and Jade walking out of a hotel room. Right. Yep. And... Uh, Sonny Jim got a clapper. <laughs> Sonny Jim's got the clap. Sonny Jim's got the clap. <laughs> it's funny because um, uh, I guess Dougie's last name is Jones. And right. so uh, Sonny, Sonny Jim on this episode was credited as Sonny Jim Jones. <laughs> oh, <laughs> great. 
Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, that's horrible. Right, Jim Jones, everyone's nope. favorite minister and Kool-Aid drinker. Yeah, and Kool-Aid drinker. I guess Sunny Sunny Jim Jones is going to drink some Sunny D Kool-Aid or I don't know what. Anyway, <laughs> I hope um, not. I just thought, of, right? Yeah. So, all right. So here's what I here's what I was thinking. Right, you know, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, Good Cooper, as as Dougie keeps drinking coffee, and you think, oh, maybe that coffee's going to wake him up, and he'll be Cooper again. <laughs> right. And then he's he's like case files, and you're like, oh, maybe that'll remind him that he's Agent Cooper, and he'll wake up again. And right. then I thought, wouldn't it be great if one day he saw a small Mexican Chihuahua and snapped back? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I I would definitely be in TV heaven if they did that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that would be, be great. The, yeah. That would be the most amazing Easter egg in the history of the Twin Peaks universe. Oh, it would be so great. I was just right. like, oh, that's what needs to happen. That will definitely snap him back to being good Cooper. Right. Uh. So anyway, so Janie tells him that he's got he's brought all this work home. He should probably get working on it, right? So before he gets yes. a chance to work on these case files, the one-armed man appears in his living room in a vision or something. And he mm-hmm. he says, "You have to wake up." And as I said before, he says what every one of us is thinking, except apparently for some people. But I was like, yes, please, God, wake up. Yes, listen to the one-armed man, (laughs) for God's sakes. But then after that, he says, don't die. Don't die. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, Uh, I I don't think he was planning on dying. I don't... uh, Right. Unless he's warning him that his life is in danger, uh, which I guess it has been ever since he's been, you know, thought to be uh, Dougie Jones. You know, people have been trying to blow him up or shoot him, etc. That's true. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, there's a lot of people out to get him. Yes. Um, So, so, yeah, don't die. Yeah. So maybe Cooper has woken up a little bit because he starts working on the case files. Of course, we don't know it. He's just, he's as far as we're concerned, he's just scribbling on him. He's drawing like pictures of ladders and and stair steps and slides and black dots and shit. You know, just all kind of. Now, now, come on, Mark. Didn't you didn't you immediately know? Oh, he's going to take that to the boss, and the boss is going to look at it and go, "Oh my God, Ducky, you figured this all out. You're a genius." I saw that coming ten thousand miles away. Yeah. Did you not see that coming? I did. I did. I was just like, ah. Yeah, I just like uh. yeah, right. Yeah, okay, right. It, it telegraphed a little bit. It definitely telegraphed. It, it did. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, you just know where that storyline. I mean, I don't know where yeah. that storyline is going. I don't know what the fuck Lynch is doing, but uh, unless unless the whole point is to give the other characters time to do their thing, mm-hmm. uh, while while Cooper's just kind of in this mental retardation limbo. Um, yes, but. You know, it's like, okay, is is this whole thing with the insurance and all that really ever going to be something mm-hmm. or is it just time kill? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just yeah. just exposition of maybe Cooper's intuitive mind is starting to actually wake up like the one our man is hoping for. But I don't know. Perhaps. 
or perhaps he was just scribbling. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> once we once we got all once we got past all that Dougie Jones stuff, one of the most amazing scenes of the series happened. Now you you missed one thing that happened before that that was also amazing. Okay. The traffic light. I think that was the first (laughs) time we've seen the traffic light in the new episodes. That's true. And it went all the way from green to red. Yep, that's (laughs) true. And buzzed, crackled with electricity. Yes, yeah. It's definitely a, a reference back to the original series of them off and on showing the traffic light. Yes. So true. Which, which okay. you know, the only thing I could ever get from that, like, I didn't figure out, you know, in the original series when the ceiling fan is going, mm-hmm. that's a sign that Laura's getting molested. Yeah. Um, because he turn, cause the, her dad turns on the ceiling fan to, to, to make noise. So, and even though he's drugged out the mom right you know that was the symbol so and i i didn't even realize that a friend of mine mentioned that one time and i'm like oh my god that's exactly why the ceiling fan shots are there that's a, um, a very good observation yeah hmm. but with the traffic light other than people have said it's lynch trying to show you this is like a one traffic like town it's a small town i've never understood the the traffic light in the in the show what what it's yeah. supposed to symbolize other than Lynch Lynch paces stuff at the pace he wants to pace stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Well, and anyway, he's like, I need a good, I need a good transition between the Dougie scenes and Albert. So what can I, I do? Know, man, uh, I don't know. Why don't you just shove the traffic light in there, man? Just, <laughs> I, I, I was shooting, I was shooting some B-roll of a traffic light. Why don't you just shove that in there, man? What it'll look, it'll look edgy. What it symbolizes is the viewers going stop with all the Dougie shit. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. Anyway. All right. You're about to go so to the next scene. The most exciting scene, only because it's a huge reveal. And it right. starts, well, first it starts off with Albert in the car going to meet someone. And he's talking to uh, uh, Gordon Cole. And Gordon Cole is having some uh, alcohol-induced liaison with some hottie, apparently. But that's beside the point. So <laughs> Albert gets to the bar that he has been traveling to in the rain, and he gets out of the car with his umbrella, gets on the sidewalk, and yells, Fuck Gene Kelly! <laughs> he, it's not him that yells at, is it, though? I thought it was somebody else. No, it's Albert. That yells. Albert is He's yelling. He's the one that yells it? Yes, I watched it twice, so yeah, I should know. I, I did, too. I didn't see Albert say it. I just heard, I thought it was some <laughs> random person that yelled, Fuck no, Gene no. Kelly, you motherfucker! <laughs> Actually, that that probably would have been funnier, but no, it was Albert. I saw his mouth moving. Oh, <laughs> uh, I missed. I, yeah, I watched it twice too, and I I missed that. So that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Fuck that's Gene Kelly, motherfucker. Fuck and it took me a minute too. It took me a minute too. It's like, oh, it's fucking raining. Of course that's. And right. I was just like, that was that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Albert, Al- Albert did not feel like singing at that at particular moment in time. No. So yep. no, he was not ready to do singing <laughs> and dancing in the rain. That's, that's for sure. Exactly right. But uh, the real amazing Easter egg is that. Albert meets Diane, played by Laura Dern, at Max yeah. Max Vaughn's bar. So we finally right. see Diane 
after all these years of Cooper talking into his tape recorder to Diane, and now we see, and uh, yeah, Diane being played by Laura Dern in a very svelte-looking blonde wig. Right? (laughs) I put, um, I wrote... We know he's going to meet the person who knows Cooper. Uh, uh, and Albert has said, I know where she drinks. So we know it's going to be someone who knows Cooper. And right. who is it? It's Diane, the last person anyone thought it would be. Who I never thought they would show who Diane was. I and know. it's Laura Dern, who starred with Kyle in Blue Velvet, Kyle McLaughlin in Blue Velvet. So, and you know, that's right. They, they not only mm-hmm. played lovers in Blue Velvet, but they also uh, had a sh- an affair or or dated or whatever you want to call it back in those days too. So, oh, I didn't geez. know that. Hmm. Yeah, at the time of Blue Velvet, they dated for a while, and um, well, so she's like an yeah. important person in the whole Lynch McLaughlin sphere and to have her play Diane I was like uh, that was the last thing I was expecting I thought it was going to be Annie or I thought it was going to be uh, for some reason Shelly because you know they 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 showed Shelly in the bar drinking that's the only character we recognized as drinking in the bar and so I wasn't sure who it was going to be but I didn't expect it to be Diane and that was just I was just in heaven man that was was like that's cool that was a complete surprise the most beautiful easter egg ever to be sure yes so so cool yeah definitely a a wonderful moment and then of course nothing else that's all that's all all we got well that's true but uh to be continued so well we hope you know it's funny because sometimes there will be so it's just like the next scene was um, Balthazar Getty oh, yeah. uh, playing Red. And I yes. wasn't sure if we were going to see Balthazar Getty again or not. So right. it's like, you know, it's been a couple. It's been like three episodes or four episodes since we first saw him. So that's kind of one of the things that's cool about this mm-hmm. series is, you know, he shows you someone and then you don't know when that person might show up again. Right. That was that was so cool. I, th- you know, because when we first saw Balthazar Getty at the Bang Bang Bar, I just figured, oh, OK, he's doing a little cameo for Lynch as a favor. But no, he turns out to be a very uh, important character at this point. Yes. And yeah. Turns out he's the yeah the big bad drug guy that's drug dealer I, guy yeah, yeah he's selling something to selling some drugs to Richard Horn and uh, yeah got to be one of the stranger scenes of this episode to be sure Balthazar getting right. all, all his jerky body movements and talking about his bad liver and rambling on about the king and I and this is bizarre. Yeah. And then random, yeah, the whole flipping the dime yeah, thing. Flipping the dime, and it kind of is hovering in the air, and all of a sudden it's in Richard Horn, Richard Horn's mouth, and then he pulls it out, and then it disappears, and it's back in uh, Balthazar Getty's uh, uh, Red's hand. So very strange. Um, yeah, you know what the character of Red that he's playing reminds me of? It reminds me of in Lost Highway. Uh, Mr. Eddie, do you remember him? Played by, um, what's his name? Uh, Robert Loggia in Lost Highway. Ah, it's been a long time since I saw Lost Highway. And he's like a really kind of a weird, uh, mob boss kind of guy. And so, I don't know. I, I, it just felt like that, that, uh, Balthazar Getty was kind of channeling Robert Loggia 
in that scene for me. I almost felt like it was hmm. it was somewhat of an homage, but not really. Just more of a of a kind of a feeling or a tone or something. But right, anyway. right. I love this scene because it was that, so is fucking that, uh, weird. Yeah. Is that Robert Loja spelled R as in Robert Loja? Oh, <laughs> as in, oh, my God, it's Robert Loja. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to do a family guy uh, reference there. Whenever someone uh, mentions Robert Loja, that's immediately what I think of. But oh I had totally God. forgot. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally forgot that Robert Loja was in. Uh, Lost Highway. I really need to. I don't think I have a copy of that. I think I, it's on my Amazon list of of things to buy, and it's like ten bucks. Mm-hmm. I need to buy a copy of it and rewatch it again here soon. Right. Yeah. I also wrote um, uh, uh, Red and Richard Horn. I don't think Richard Horn can be the doppelganger's son because he's a crybaby pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's true, but later on in the episode, he he really is like, oh shit, maybe he is Doppelganger's son, because he does some evil shit, which I'm not going to mention yet, because we haven't got to it yet. Right, uh, yeah. But uh, So he's, yeah, he, we'll he's get driving and crying. Yeah, he's driving yeah, he's and crying, driving and, and, crying. Then we, and then we cut to, we cut to uh, Harry Dean Stanton. The Fat Trout Trailer Park, which is where <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton – that's what it's, the sign says. And it's also the same trailer park that Harry Dean Stanton works in in uh, Fire Walk With Me. Ah, he's I was wondering if that was the case. I was like, wow, that's interesting yeah. that he's in a trailer park. So he's catching a ride to, I guess, the park or something. And he's, yeah. ride, he's riding with a Gibby Haynes lookalike. Um, <laughs> um Whoever uh, that actor just was. Just real quick, too. Mm-hmm. Right? The uh, trailer park is where Teresa Banks lived, and Teresa Banks was the first person that we know of that uh, Leland killed. She was a prostitute and oh, the one that right. brought Laura Palmer to a hotel to meet him. Yeah. And then she ended up dying. And, and that's the um, that's the case that um, Chris Isaac is working on when he disappears. So that's where Harry Dean Stanton comes into the Twin Peaks universe. That's right. Okay. And um, I remember now. And I thought um, when you're talking about the guy riding with him, the chubby guy riding with him, I had uh-huh. to look it up on uh, Wikipedia and IMDb because I thought it was the guy who played Chick in Bates Motel, but it is not the guy who played Chick no. in Bates Motel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess the other kind of similar. Kind of similar. It looked That's a little true. similar. Yeah. yeah. The first name popped into my head was Gibby Haynes. Gibby Haynes, was he an old cowboy star? No. No, he's a, a singer, right? Isn't he with the Butthole Surfers, if I'm not mistaken? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah. It, it wasn't Gibby Haynes, though. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but at first I was like, oh. oh, I can't wait to see the credits to see if that was Gibby Haynes, but it wasn't. <laughs> right. Yeah, I had to to look and see if it was a guy. The guy who played um, Chick in, in Bates Motel was named Ryan Hurst, and it wasn't Ryan Hurst, so. <laughs> right, right. Uh, oh. Yeah, Ryan Hurst was a big character in Sons of Anarchy, uh, but that's beside the point. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. right, and I haven't seen that show either. Um, now, did you catch an important name that Harry Dean Stanton I, and the chubby guy mentioned uh, in I that did. scene? Okay. Yes, they I mentioned did, yes. Linda. Yeah. yeah. How's Linda doing? Yeah. Right, and, and they're talking about her trying to get a wheelchair, 
But uh, as we recall in the first episode, the giant mentions Richard and Linda. Right, and Uh, mentions it. What do do you say? I mean, that's like the first theme. Right, and he said two birds with one two birds with one stone. Right. So I'm not sure what that still necessarily means, but we there we have we already know of a character named Richard, and now they've introduced this Linda name. Of course, it could be a it could be a red herring. But I don't know. So we'll, right, we'll I see. totally didn't snap to the Richard part, though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Richard Horn. Remember Richard and Linda. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. For Richard and Linda. Yeah. Hmm. So crazy cool. Right. So now they cut to the next scene, which is back at the Double R Diner in Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. and guess who makes a reappearance. I didn't remember her from the first series at all. You don't remember? She, it must have been in season two. Giggling Heidi in the original series. She's late for work, and Shelley snarkily comments, So did you have seconds on Knockworth this morning, Heidi? And Heidi just giggles. <laughs> giggles exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's changed a lot in mm. 25 years. Yes, although but, she's uh, still a large person. Well, she was uh, no, she, she was much smaller twenty five years ago. Oh, was she? And was uh, she? and giggling, cute, uh, whatever nationality she, she's supposed to be. Well, she was some sort of American Norwegian, right, or something like that. So anyway, I just thought it was a nice thing to see. You know, a character who was maybe seen once in the original series kind of brought back just for a cameo so that was kind of cute right or we assume don't they establish that heidi is a teacher now i don't know okay for some reason i wrote down fat teacher and uh maybe the teacher uh, was the one yeah maybe the the fat teacher was the one sitting in the booth eating all that pie and commenting about the pie yeah Mm-hmm. There was that's right. There were two two things going on there. Right. And of course, it just seems silly. So I didn't pay that close of attention. <laughs> OK, to well, it. I just it's like, what what is this? I thought it was nice to see Heidi again. That's all. <laughs> OK. Right. I enjoyed it. So that was just kind of a, a palate cleanser. And then you cut into probably one of the heaviest, heaviest scenes of of this episode or probably maybe, you know, the entire season is uh, right you know harry dean santon is uh, calmly you know smoking his cigarettes drinking coffee in the park and uh, a little boy runs Hanging by and his mother is uh out in the park on a park bench right and the mother and son are playing a game of uh, you run 25 yards and then i'll run 25 yards you run 25 <laughs> right. yards more and i called it tag slash chase Ah, okay. Because <laughs> it's not really tag, and it's not really chase. It's kind mm-hmm. of a combination of that. But right. here's what I love about Lynch mm-hmm. is that I. It wasn't until he wanted us to see what was going to happen that I saw what that you you know what's going to happen in the Lynch universe. A mom and son in the park playing a goofy game like that just seems like a Lynch thing. So right. I didn't. I didn't th- I didn't think it was going to mean anything that they were playing that game. I just thought it was something interesting he threw in for yeah. to be happening when when Harry Dean Stanton is at the park, but of course, mm-hmm. no, it's very important to what's going to happen next. Right. 
crazy, crazy Richard driving this giant truck down the road decides he's going to go around all of these cars and run a stop sign because he doesn't like to wait. And so he guns his <laughs> truck. And, of course, the the little boy is still playing the game of running across the street. He's waved across by another person who's parked at the stop sign or stoplight. And, um, yeah, so the kid's right in the middle of the road when Richard fucking flattens his ass. Oh, my God, that was the most <laughs> violent run over a little kid scene I've ever seen in the history of movies. I don't think I've ever seen it. Horrifying. How many times did you watch it? I had to watch it about four. Oh, you're, what, to rewind it and rewatch him yeah. getting hit by the truck? I don't well, know. of course, the first time, uh, anytime something like that is have is going to happen, um, I immediately close my eyes. I can't. I have to force myself to watch it because oh. I think it's going to be, you know, uh, my my instincts just take over, and I can't oh, keep really? myself you in the moment from. Yeah, wow. exactly. And I can't keep myself from doing it. So I was glad I could rewind it because mm -hmm. because after it happens, too, I saw, OK, it's not crazy, bloody, disgusting. No. And so I can rewatch it and see. But when you rewatch it by the fourth time, it's like it's a really good editing trick. But mm -hmm. there's no that kid doesn't go very far. And and that kid would go way far if, if Richard Horn hit him that hard. That kid would fly through the air down the street a block or something. Well. And he would be a blood mess that that might and be true either one of those instead of just yeah but it was more like it, just a clean yeah. run over but you know obviously the kid has right. been killed richard yeah is an evil fucking young man <laughs> well it, didn't didn't seem to be very an accident why do you think he's so evil he wasn't intentionally gonna hit the kid well just, i he's know just a dumb kid who pulls out into true but he, see to me that's not evil he's just a dumb kid that makes a dumb mistake well, like dumb kids do and uh true but he didn't I, you know there's no intention he's not intentionally out to hit kids in this with his truck <laughs> now okay uh, agreed that that that's that's a valid point however i mean does he stop no <laughs> he just no he doesn't stop and you no. know why would you well yeah and uh, i understand you know a teenager doing something so horrible not necessarily on purpose per se but uh. Still horrible, but then even in the midst of this most horrifying scene, one of the most tender moments of the entire episode happens right after that, when uh, Harry Dean Stanton yeah. walks up and he kneels down next to the woman. Well, before that, he sees the little boy's soul, for lack of a better term, float away as this yellow cloud up into the sky, and uh, then he walks up and he... I don't think he. I don't even think he says anything to her. It's just the the nope. the look of compassion that he has on his face is you know is is the you know the only thing he had to offer at that moment of extreme horror for this this young mother. And uh, yeah, I, I wrote a little note here. I said tenderness amidst the horrifying. And uh, yeah, that was. I just thought it was like it was moving. I, it was just another one of those. Lynch things where I, mm -hmm. I didn't I'm like, OK, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Uh, I don't I don't know what he's going for there. Um, yeah. Harry Dean Stanton walks over and looks at the women woman and sees the kid's soul go into the sky in one of the worst CGI effects since the deer in Walking Dead. Whoa. And then okay. a transformer buzzes. I was just like, OK, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I just I, you know, I'm yeah, again, maybe it'll come to mean something at some point. But I was just like, all right, whatever. Transformers still buzz. Yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. The mantle of shame gets transferred to your shoulders now. All right. <laughs> I just, yeah. But, okay. I mean, All right. You were if, you weren't moved let, by it, but I, it. I don't know. Let's let's face it. If you're kid just died in the road and you're hugging him in the rolled and crazy old scraggly faced 80 year old Harry Dean Stan walks over you're going to be like get away from me homeless man my kid's dead oh, oh you're killing me man hey did you did you, did you notice did you know that notice the big flap of skin hanging off of the kid's head no yeah it was it was kind of was there a- flapping kind of towards the woman so you didn't see much of it but it was like a kind of a big flap of skin or I don't know if it was brain matter or something kind of spilling oh. off to the side. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty... I'm going to have to go back and watch it now. Yeah, wow. It was, it was kind of ugly. I mean, it's very subtle. I mean, it's not like they're overtly throwing a part of a brain or a flap of skin in your face. It's just it's just kind of there on the side, you know, showing that it's... Her view of the situation is way worse than our view of the situation. Right, and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I'll have to rewatch that. Because I didn't get that. I think I was distracted by scraggly-faced Harry Dean Stanton uh, coming at her like a... Why, why is this... Like I was like, what is this crazy old... What's, what's this old mummy doing walking toward me? You're right. What's this crazy old kook going to say to this woman whose son just died? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I was ex- I, you know what I love Harry Dean Stanton. I do I too. Do. It's so great to see him in this, but was, it's I, just it was just such an odd scene where you don't know what's going on. Right. I half expected him to say, "I've been smoking every day for 75 years." Okay, shall we just go <laughs> ahead go ahead and cut to the next scene? Yes. Which was the odd-looking man, Duncan Todd sees a red square on his computer screen gets a black dot envelope out of the safe. Duncan Todd's the guy who works for a bad man. We're not sure who that bad man is yet. But right. uh, so that being done. He talked to one his one of his young employees about it a few episodes ago. Right. About working for a bad man. Exactly. So then right after that scene they cut to Rancho Rosa again. The neighborhood <laughs> where Dougie's car was parked. And got blown up at, and uh, they, sh- they show the woman who who lives across the street going one one nine one one nine. Right. The only thing I can figure out about that is it's nine one one backwards, but uh, she's done that a couple times. So I don't know if that's what it is or if it's something else. Wow. Why didn't I snap to that? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That's I just when she did it this episode I was it just kind of hit me why is she yelling that and they all, that's the only thing I could think. Of course. Yeah, I mean, in her drug-addled mind, I mean, you know, she has lost all concept of uh, she's she's <laughs> she's a numbers dyslexic. Right? Yeah. A verbal dyslexic. How about that? So anyway, Doug, yeah. Doug, Dougie's car gets towed and they find the license plate on the roof. That's that's about it. Right. Then we cut to a little person in a hotel room. Yes, I wrote down miniature Vin Diesel, Min Vin for short, gets the black <laughs> dot envelope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure looks like it's the same pic- the same envelope that Mr. Todd got out of his safe. Exactly. And so uh, Min Vin <laughs> opens the envelope and it's got two pictures in it. 
and one of them is Dougie, and the other is the the dark-haired woman who was the dispatcher-slash-liaison for the guys who were trying to kill Dougie. Right, yeah. Yeah. The dispatcher, I like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was also the one who had, had called that weird answering machine in, in uh, Brazil also. Right, that's right. Yeah. I tried to see what that was, and you're right, it's not a metal ball. Um, some weird shape, a heart shape. Or, yeah, I don't know. And I, yeah, I couldn't figure out. I tried to like screenshot it and enlarge it, and I couldn't screenshot it. Wow, <laughs> you went to you yeah. went to great lengths to figure out what shape that was. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't figure out, and so I it wouldn't work. I couldn't when I would screenshot it, it wouldn't copy to some like a word file so I could enlarge it or anything. So, mm -hmm. or, or paint or anything like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what, we don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. Um, right. And then, then we get to the, uh, Dougie scene, mm -hmm. uh, with the scribbling on the files, which we've already talked right. about. Well, thank God Dougie has stopped wearing that horrible, horrible green coat. And he's wearing his Cooper black suit. Oh, I, I, you know, I sna I noticed he was in the black suit, but I didn't think about mm -hmm. that's the Cooper suit. Yeah, maybe, right. maybe that's a sign that we're, we're coming back a little bit. God, I hope so. I hope so, too. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as you had predicted, yes, the boss is at first not pleased uh, with Cooper's scribbling until he figures out what Cooper's scribbles actually mean. And boy, <laughs> is he impressed. <laughs> yes. He wants to shake Cooper's hand, but he doesn't know how to shake hands. Cooper doesn't I mean, know how, how fucked up was Dougie to uh -huh. begin with that, that no one is like, what the fuck's going on with you, dude? Are you on drugs? What the hell? Well, I, I think... mean, I realize Dougie's supposed to be a weird character, but... Mm -hmm. Well, I think the boss is the only one at least in previous scenes that is reacting in a in a proper way to uh you know dougie slash you know cooper's behavior he's like what? he's you know he's kind of like what the fuck's wrong with you kind of attitude right. but then in this scene you know then that goes out the window and he's like oh so impressed with this cryptic dougie Oof. goofball <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah that was that scene. Yeah, then, then we the can scene, skip over that. Right. And then <laughs> <laughs> the scene with Janie meeting the loan sharks in the park. Janie E. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even I didn't even write anything about that or think anything of it. It was a pretty typical scene. But then I realized right. afterwards when I was watching the um credits that uh -huh. one of the guys in the park is Jeremy Davies. Yes. Who played the pussy in Shin in um Saving Private Ryan. Oh, okay. He he was also a, one of the characters in the TV show Lost as well. That's where I re remember him the ah, best from. Okay. I, I always liked him as an actor for some reason. He's so strange. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if you remember in Saving Private Ryan where he plays the – he's like he can't – he, he's a soldier in their unit, but he can't. Uh, there's someone coming that he needs to kill, and he, he pussies out and mm -hmm. hides. Yeah. And I was like, you know, you're, you you feel sorry for him because you're like, damn, I think that might be something that I would do too, <laughs> you know. Oh, okay. but, but it's like the first time in a war picture you see a guy who who doesn't become the hero. He, he pussies out. Right. And um, 
And, you know, he does that. He plays that character really well. And that's not an easy character to play. Someone who's Mm-mm. who's not a not a well, I call him a pussy, you know, someone who's uh, right. uh, afraid mm-hmm. in, in the face of war. And he's been typecast ever since. No, yeah, I don't know. Pretty much. No, yeah, maybe. I, didn't, of, re- but, uh-huh. I didn't recognize who played his counterpart. I don't know if that was anybody. Yeah, I, I didn't recognize him either. And I, I, I don't think I recognized any names in the credits for who, whatever the character's name was. But uh, I thought the scene was kind of cute because, you know, Dougie owes these guys supposedly $52,000 and Janie E talks him down to 25000 because they turn out right. not to be too intimidating of uh, loan sharks. So it all worked out. Well, who knows? They're just um, they're just foot soldiers or whatever you want to call them. They're just the guys who go get the money. So who knows if when they come back with the money, the boss is going to be whoever the boss is, is going to mm. let that slide. Well, that's a good point. So, well, I guess we'll find out. Right. right. So, moving on. Next, then it gets good. Yes. Then it starts getting good. <laughs> With uh, where Min Vin, <laughs> the miniature Vin Diesel kills, yeah, the dispatcher woman with an ice pick. Yeah. It's got to be one of yes. the most over-the-top, almost comical, violent scenes yes. uh, I've ever seen. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah it's is, nuts. It is nuts. Yeah, in that scene, he probably kills three people, but he broke his ice pick. I think pick. so, yeah. He broke his ice pick. Aww. Poor bastard. Poor Min Vin. <laughs> Poor Min Vin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to put that hashtag Min Vin. Yeah. It's going to go I'll viral. Tweet that. Yes, please yes. do. <laughs> Keep me posted. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, just a, just a great typical Lynch thing you know where Mm -hmm. it's just like i'm sure people are going to be mad that he cast a little person as a killer but you know the people get mad at what he does and lynch just does his own thing anyway so i thought it was great i thought it was one of the most epic scenes of the series so far (laughs) certainly just as good as the kid getting run over by the truck (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much then, then an even bigger scene, yeah. What's the what's the next big scene? Is Richard Horn cr- cleaning the grill of his truck? Oh no, I mean like, that was just like yeah. Yeah, you didn't write that one down. Scene. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Hiding the evidence, you know, wiping. The yeah, grill what down. else would he do? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. It was yeah. there. Oh, but yes, you're right. The scene after that, yes, finally, finally a payoff. To the whole thing at the Twin Peaks police station where where the log lady has said, you know, there's something missing and it has to do with your heritage, Hawk. And so he right. finally, finally. So, and it all happens when Hawk drops an Indian head nickel and it rolls into the toilet stall, I guess. So he opens the yeah, door and then he sees... in the bathroom. Right. And he sees the little the little nameplate on the bottom of the door. It says Nez Per Se Manufacturing with a picture of an Indian head on it. Wait a minute. Uh-huh. Did you just pronounce that Nez Per Se? Isn't, isn't that right? Is it Nez Perse? How do you pronounce it's it? Pierce, yeah. That's how I say it. How do you but say it? I'm from the Midwest, so maybe we fucked it up. Nez Pierce? Nez Pierce? Eh, might be. We'll look it mm-hmm. up. We'll look it up. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I can't. I we'll can't look it up. I yeah. think I've heard somebody say it before, but they might have been completely wrong. So right, and if they were named by the French, then it may be Nez Perce. It could be is how it should really be pronounced. But right. who knows? Yeah. Well, uh, the the dictionary probably knows. So I'll have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, which is weird. I wonder what that means. I know in the, French the word Nez means nose. So what the hell? So were the French insulting the? Uh, these Indians by calling them uh, uh, nose purses. No, I don't know what I don't know what pierce means. So whatever. Yeah, hmm. that's beside the point. <laughs> right, right. So Hawk sees that the, the the door to the stall, the the top edge has been kind of peeled open a little bit, and so he gets some tools and he peels it all the way down to the bottom and he finds a note or a letter inside of the door. Yeah. What the hell could be yes. on that note and who put it there? What is that what is that going to be? Yeah, that's that's in- incredibly interesting. The only thing that I can remember is I know that the one-armed man spent a lot of time one time in the police station bathroom, and maybe he put that note or letter in the door? I don't know. Mm. Do you remember that? Interesting. Mm-hmm. No. That was when he was trying to inject himself, you know, because, you know, without chemicals, he points, and he was unable to uh, inject himself with the medicine, and he, he uh, turned into his alter ego self, but I don't know. That's speculation mm. on my part. Maybe Is that the- in- uh-huh. That mu- must be in uh, season two. Maybe. Yeah, because I don't remember any of that. Oh. I do remember without chemicals he points, but I don't remember the when that was uh, or what the reference was. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we'll see. Um, we'll have to be patient. I know. Wait till episode 18 before that means anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, because certainly Lynch never spoon feeds you. Well, he No, rare. never. He <laughs> just... Yep. He just lays it all out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll <laughs> figure it out. Maybe you won't. <laughs> so, anyway, it's yeah. true. Then, next scene, Doris is back, and she's bitching Ugh. Truman out <sighs> about something, and I can't even remember what. Oh, about the car is still not working. It's jerking, and he's, and Truman's like, did he take the emergency brake off? And she said, are you saying my father doesn't know how to drive? Oh, so, Jesus, yeah. Whatever. And then one of the yeah. af- after she leaves, one of the police officers said, God, I wouldn't let her talk to me like that. And then the lady cop dispatcher, she's like, well, she wasn't always like that. You know, she had a son, a son who killed herself. And then the, the smarmy ass insulting cop says something like, uh, uh, Oh, I'm so sad because I'm a soldier. Right, yeah. yeah. So you, you, the inference is that their son kill, committed suicide because he couldn't take being a soldier. Right. He had PTSD or, or yeah. something like that. And, and the cop dispatcher lady gives him the perfect look like you, you know, she didn't say a word. She just, she gives him this look like you fucking asshole. The, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was perfect. So then that takes us to the end of the episode with another amazing musical performance at the Bang Bang Bar. Yep. Sharon. The coolest club uh, west of the Mississippi. Yeah, no shit. Wow. 
and the band was playing was very cool it was the sharon yeah. van etten i guess that's how you say it sharon mm-hmm. van etten I, I do believe so yeah yeah. I've heard of her, but I don't know anything about her. I've just seen her name and heard of her. Uh, I don't even know if I've heard any other songs by her. Um, the song she played was called, I guess, Tarifa or Tarifa. So. I'm not sure which. One of those pronunciations is correct. Probably. Hopefully. Yeah. So I, yeah, you can w- edit out the one that isn't. No, I, I don't know. I, I would have just, yeah, I would have just said, <laughs> I would have said Tarifa. But what do I know? Tarifa. Mm-hmm. Right. I think Tarifa would have two Fs, but I'm not sure. So. Ah, right. And it would involve some exchange of currency. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I uh, right. I have to say that this episode, although it had some amazing scenes, a lot of it just it's there's about like, you know, there's 20 minutes of interesting stuff in a 60 minute episode. I uh-huh. I was bored during a lot of it. And and I felt it felt very slow and plodding. Uh, I was like, all right, we're six episodes in. This is one of those. Get you to the next episode episodes. Yeah, um, you, I guess you can look at it that way. Sometimes I think you just gotta ride the wave. You know, sometimes you're gonna well, be. Well, you in, do. Sometimes you're gonna be in a trough. Sometimes you're gonna be in a peak. It's just, <laughs> it's just the way it is. <laughs> it's you true. Know? Just um, it's definitely true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With Lynch, for sure. Absolutely. But, uh, still loving, loving the new series, and uh, can't wait to see what happens next. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm in. I'm interested. I, mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, no, the great thing about Lynch is you never know what little thing he throws out there is going to come back and be important later on. You know, just like we were talking about the, the stuff with uh, Balthazar Getty. Is that actually really going to be something important? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and then it came back to be he was he's got an important part to play so yeah right. I, you know like i say every time we talk about it i always i always bitch and complain but i do because i love it and i'm i'm all in for the long haul sure and i'm so glad we finally got through um Hawk and Andy uh, rifling through papers looking for something. They finally got they fi- finally got past that. We we got our payoff, and now we're beside ourselves wanting to know what does the paper say. So waiting for that reveal. I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Unless you, unless you want to mention something else. No, I'm good. So shall we uh, do a little TV heaven? Sounds good to me. TV heaven. All right, man. Cue the music. All right. We got two episodes of Fargo to go over. Oh, I know. Wow. That was a lot as, of, a lot of shit well. went down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that show. It's almost over. We're at a point now where I think it's just the finale is all that's left. Um, I think so. And then we got an episode of Fear, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to talk about other things, and we just get to talking. and. Yeah, I know, I know. To run out of time. Right. It's frustrating. Yeah, a little um, bit. Uh, you know, nobody's fault but our own, so not a big deal, but it's just like, ah. Uh, well, let's talk about Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, Fear the Walking Dead starts off with an infomercial. 
That was actually quite good. Quite good. I loved it. Yes. I I wrote down hilarious prepper infomercial featuring Jeremiah Otto of the the Broke Dick Ranch or whatever it's called. Broke Jaw Ranch. Yeah, Broke Jaw yeah, Ranch. Definitely, yes. definitely an interesting. Yeah, I mean that was that was actually quite clever. And then it gives so you you realize now that the folks here at the Broke Jaw Ranch, many of them have been here, which we kind of realized that through some other things. But the many many of these people have been here for longer than the zombie apocalypse has been going on. Oh yeah, they were prepping for the decline of civilization long before the zombie apocalypse happened uh, <laughs> yeah like they kind of got their wish yeah. <laughs> yeah they sure did i guess we gathered from the episode that some of the kids who were there had uh, lived there their entire lives yeah and yeah now, so and, then you then you realize that okay yeah these people have been there those kids are 10 12 13 14 years old so some of them have been there for you know at least that 10 years before the zombie apocalypse even started so right it's quite a revelation yeah and they're quite naive of uh, the outside world and uh, so when alicia shows up well they can't wait to uh, get some information from her so they invite her to uh well they slyly invite her to what is it some religious yeah to come to god's chosen yes that's it god's chosen god's Uh, chosen (laughs) i i and i was you know i was watching it with i watch a lot of shows with closed caption on just because sometimes people mumble and i believe it was spelled god's g-o-d-z chosen right yes (laughs) yeah I, I, I had closed captioning on as well because, yeah, sometimes people do mumble or, you know, there's some other bullshit going on or the AC just turned on and it's too loud in the room and I don't want to be cranking up the volume of the TV. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I was like, oh, great. They're Jesus freaks. Uh Crazy Christian cult. Oh, goddamn. Oh, fuck. Right. They're going to be here with a bunch of crazy Jesus people. And then, no, they're here with a bunch of stoners. (laughs) Well, at least the uh, the teenagers are. They invite Alicia down to their to their secret cellar filled with um, all kinds (laughs) of uh, herbal delights. Yes. Oh, And and a head in a cage. You can get head down there. <laughs> yes, their good friend Jeff, the head in a cage. And uh Yes. I can only imagine what that would be like being stoned and <laughs> staring into the eyes of a undead zombie head in a bird cage. Wow, crazy shit. Yeah. I don't think even if I was Alicia and I've killed someone and I've been through all this shit, I don't think that would make me laugh. I don't care how stoned I am. I don't think that's funny. I don't think anyone would think that was funny. That would except a nutcase. Yeah, (laughs) that'd freak me out, I would think. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? You got a fucking (laughs) head in a cage. Fuck, dude. And, And the head's name was Jeff with a G. Jeff. With a G, yeah. As, so, as Chris Hardwick uh, pointed out multiple times later on in talking, right? Ahead. Yeah. But uh, anyway, back to the episode, right? So, um, you know, the only thing I can say about Victor Strand in this episode is, "Damn." <laughs> okay. Why, damn? It's a pun. 
because he almost got thrown off oh, of a wow. dam. <laughs> I didn't get it right away. Oh, I was no, like, huh, what? No. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought was... maybe you had a crush on Victor Strand. Oh, he's hot. <laughs> Damn. Uh, no. I get it now. Uh, I get it now. But poor Victor thinks yeah. he thinks he's uh, come across an old friend of his. Turns out his old friend ain't such an old friend after all. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I went in and out of paying attention when that was going on. I was just <laughs> like, yeah, 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 whatever. I, I'm just not that interested in Strand's storyline mm-hmm. um, or who who Mr. Dante is. But, of course, at the very end of the show, yeah. all of a sudden there was a reason to be interested in Strand's storyline. Right. Yeah, because after, uh, after Strand was basically thrown into the Mr. Dante's lockup. Who shows up? Why, it's Daniel. (laughs) Daniel Salazar. Right, and we thought he had burned up at the ranch when uh, when when the fire consumed the entire structure, but we kinda knew that he would be probably coming back because they didn't show any real death of his so but i i had completely forgotten about that character you know well i just don't remember you know uh, it's been so long since fear the walking dead was on i don't even remember exactly where the last time we saw him was but i guess it was when we were at the ranch Mm -hmm. and there were they had the zombies and they were had them in a cage kind of a thing and mm-hmm. did he go in there to 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 like set a fire or something yeah yeah I, I can't remember was it him or or madison had set the fire and uh, he just was standing there with basically fire all around him and zombies walking towards him if i remember correctly for all we knew, yeah, he had just died in the fire, and that was that. But right. Nope. Right. He I, I is think, back. I think they hinted on the um, scene during Talking Dead. They always show a scene from the next episode, and I th- mm-hmm. and that scene definitely had Daniel in it. And I think they um, uh, so maybe they will go back and show us what happened to him from the last time we saw him, which is oh, that's something right. Walking Dead is kind of want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Give you a little more backstory so, of what happened to him between then and then. Yep. Right. Yeah. To be sure. And I think it's it's interesting. You know, the guy who plays Daniel Salazar, I have I have known about him for many years. Back in my college days, he put out an album, and mm-hmm. I think we played some songs off it on the college radio station. And anyway, we all called him Reuben Blades because his last name is spelled B L A D E S. Right. Blades. And I, and I think also in his acting career, he went by Reuben Blades, even though right. the proper Spanish pronunciation is. Well, Hardwick has called him Reuben Blades. Right. Since he's been on this show, but now Hardwick oh. is calling him Reuben Blades as well. Yeah. So, um, Cause that's, so I think mm-hmm. I think Hardwick had it wrong. Right. Because that's uh, I mean that's his that is his stage name, and I've heard him called Reuben Blades, you know, forever. And uh, I right, guess H- yeah. Hardwick Hardwick is right in the sense that that surname is truly pronounced Blades, but he doesn't go by that. He goes by Reuben Blades, and that's that's what he's always gone as long as I've known him to be a performer. Right, right, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's what I've always heard. It. So when Hardwick was calling him Blades a couple seasons ago, I was like, hmm, maybe I've been saying it wrong all this time, but then now I think Hardwick was saying it wrong. So Yeah, I think um, Hard- Hardwick thought he was being clever, but he wasn't. Maybe that's what it is, or yeah, yeah. Um, 
I really love the Daniel character, so I, I'm glad to see him back. That should be interesting, and I hope they kind of have a really good – something really good happens to show how he got out of the zombie pit uh, or the zombie cage or whatever it was at the at the ranch. Yeah, that will be cool. So. Yeah. So um, now let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> the elephant dick in the room? <laughs> yes. Are we going to have – is this going to be like Bates Motel where we're going to have a Madison, Troy, Nick three-way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I guess that was something Hardwick kind of brought up. Uh, but yeah. yeah, he made a great joke about it. But yeah, I which uh, I thought actually he made a very edgy and funny joke about it that that was that that was a little i mean he alluded to troy and and uh, nick having right. a thing absolutely and uh i always joke that the guy who plays nick i can't remember his name off the top of my head now is a uh, uh, gay because you know he's a cute boy so of course i want him to be gay but um <laughs> right uh but it, if he was gay he'd have better fashion sense than those old man sweaters that he wears um <laughs> Right. So we need to talk about Nick's homoerotic hog hunt. <laughs> oh, you've been waiting three hours for that one, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had that. I had that one typed out, brother. Yeah, that's that's, oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. printed on paper. <laughs> ah that was funny uh, i'm telling you you know madison comes home and troy's in the bed i'm not i'm i'm not asking him to make the bed i'm getting in that bed with him i don't know what she was thinking okay. she, she she missed her chance but um, yeah. um you know now she... I, then at the end of course mm-hmm. she she cozies up to him so Right, she's yeah. She, I I put in here. Yeah, Madison is playing Troy at this point. I mean, in the scene, you know, where she catches him, you know, in their room and in one of their beds, and he's he's messed up all of the beds. And after she, you know, he's about to leave, she's like, "Hey, that bed was made this morning." And so she kind of uh, pulls out her uh, dominatrix side of her personality and makes him make the bed. <laughs> so Right. Yeah. I, I mean, Hardwick made a great point on the Talking Dead show afterwards that, uh-huh. you know, Troy, you know, we find out in the episode Troy's mother has died. And so he's kind of a motherless person. And that but it's like, yeah, what is he? You know, the, the whole thing at the when we first meet him is like and he's interested in Madison and you can't figure out if it's sexual, if it's a mother thing if it's a protector mm-hmm. thing or if it's all of those things you know so it's a that is an interesting relationship to kind of yeah. see if we can figure out where it's you know eventually we'll see where it's going right now now madison has gained a lot of insight into troy's psychology by seeing that outtakes videotape of the uh, infomercial that they did where it's showing right, that, which was you know, interesting. that Troy's mother was uh, a drunk and probably abusive and there was uh, parental strife. So she she pretty much has his number and knows how to push his buttons now at this point. Uh, as, right, yeah, she's definitely mm-hmm. moving moving in that direction, so. Right. So uh she's uh, she's working it. And uh the, yeah. the, the scene It'll... where she puts the puts the napkin on his lap. Mm-hmm. That was <laughs> He'll that need was... a napkin on his lap when I'm done with him. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, 
all at once it was it was it was like a motherly gesture but at the same time it, it had like sexual overtones that are yeah messing with troy's head uh, right and that's the whole thing on i mean he, he she comes home and he's in her in a bed mm-hmm. fully clothed but under the covers right and that's both sexual and uh he wants you know mother son like right he wants to be tucked in right yeah <laughs> i mean there's, it's definitely like every time there's a interaction between the two of them it, it's that line keeps wavering between sexual and mother son you know and right. and uh, maternal and uh yeah. it's definitely interesting to see where they're going with it oedipus oedipus it is an oedipus oh, it, kind it, of a it's thing it's completely yeah. an oedipus complex it's whatever pseudo oedipal as they would say yes there you go yeah okay. all right yeah interesting though mm-hmm. and then uh talking dead they had toby from this is us on there i can't remember that actor's name off the uh, top of my head chris sullivan and and uh Motherfucker's wearing black nail polish. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he's like, he was all hipster, man. He was wearing his uh, driving cap and his fucking, I don't know if it was a tweed jacket or not, but uh, uh, yeah, and then his black nail polish. So, yeah. And, and he wasn't I was uh, he wasn't wearing his This Is Us fat suit either. Yeah, that's true. Right. I was, uh, when I worked at the theater one time, I was working the box office, and um, I, I think a guy just came up and bought tickets. I can't remember if he was, but there was a long line or something, and I can't remember if we had an interaction or if it was just a real quick, sold him some tickets, but I was wearing black nail polish as I was would do on occasion. I very rarely wore it to work because I didn't like it, of course. Right. But I just happened to have it on that day. And okay. so the guy buys the tickets and turns around, and there's a long line of people waiting to buy tickets. And as he's walking off, he says to his friend who's over on the curb, Mm-hmm. Uh, son of a bitch! Son, son of a bitch is wearing black nail polish. Like he'd never <laughs> seen a guy wear black nail polish before. <laughs> just was totally through him. Wow, that's so <laughs> weird that he just blurts it out like that. That's crazy. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, yeah, this is like 10, 15 years ago. So you know, oh, still, wow. and in Austin, but still, there. You know, Austin is it's a it's a mixed town. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's definitely a mixed bag of people. That's for sure. Yes, but um, I love the uh, the joke Hardwick told about someone. Uh, they were making a. They were talking about Hardwick doing an after show for This Is Us, and of course, you know, we always say we're raging This Is Users, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we are. And do you remember the joke Hardwick told? No, refresh my memory. Oh, he said he said someone came up to me one time and said that I should do a, a an after show for This Is Us, and they had the perfect name for it. And the name for the after show for This Is Us was, that was them. <laughs> <laughs> and this is us. That's funny. Yeah. That was them. Uh, uh, I thought that was hilarious. Uh-huh. I don't know why Hardwick had that Alicia girl that plays the girl named Alicia on the show two weeks in a row. I don't know. But, um, yeah. But she's interesting. It was, you know, Hardwick can yeah. talk to anyone. And right. it was a good, I thought it was a good Good show. Good episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. And I, it was definitely made better by the fact that Chris Sullivan was on there because he's he's naturally yeah. a funny guy. And the interaction between Hardwick and uh, Chris Sullivan and Alicia with a Y, the actress <laughs> who plays Alicia with an I, 
uh, on the show. Yeah. Right. They were, uh, yeah, it was good conversation. uh, Yeah. It was good conversation, good chemistry between everybody. And it just flowed. It's probably one of the most flowing, uh, talking deads that I've, I've, I've seen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, um, so you ready to move on to Fargo or you got any other last words? Nope. Let's, let's do Fargo. Okay. So we got two episodes to talk um, about. And yeah, and two great episodes to talk about, boy. Absolutely. It's it's I mean, it's you know it's getting down to uh, the, the last episode cuz shit is happening. So Yes, yeah. The, the, the I guess the first episode was the episode entitled Who Rules the Land of Denial, mm-hmm. which was uh, a week ago, I guess. And Yeah. Uh, so we finally get to see how that whole prison bus flipping incident occurred. It wasn't just the guy stepping out into the road and the, the bus driver overcorrects and flips the bus. No, they they had a very elaborate mechanism set up to flip that freaking bus. I guess it was yeah. <laughs> a, a, a big pipe angled up to well, whatever the case, the bus flipped over. Right. If it had been a Lynch uh, episode, uh, we would have seen, you know, someone building that ramp five episodes ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was wondering, what, know, what the hell are they building there? Yeah. Why, why is this guy out in the woods welding this weird looking eye beam? Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, I really loved that when when that started, I saw, you know, in the episode before where Nikki Swan goes in in um, jail mm-hmm. and the guy comes in and tries to shoot her with a syringe. It's DJ Qualls. Right. And and I thought that was going to be the last we saw of him. But no, he had a mm-hmm. great scene in this episode oh wow i'll say he did uh, <laughs> yeah that's crazy so yeah it was nuts yeah so man uh the the episode previous to this we thought oh shit well they've 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 caught nikki that's a done deal but right no. yeah turns out that mm. nikki and the kind stranger who's sitting next to her on the bus escaped together from the bus uh, yes. and are on the run from the Russian and DJ Qualls. DJ Qualls' character was called the Gollum. Yes. And, yes. I and forgot about a, that. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. a perfect name. He kind of yeah, is Gollum. He is Gollum-esque. Yeah, it's a, and I had heard that term before. In fact, there's an old silent movie that's really good called The Gollum. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember exactly what it meant. And it, it just basically means it's an old uh, uh, Hebrew word i believe for um an automaton or a robot right um now i I was like uh i thought that it was a reference to lord of the rings the character Gollum. nope that's 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 spelled differently is it yeah all right well we'll we'll revisit that next episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right because Gollum is g-o-l-e-m but the character in in um uh lord of the rings is something like g g o l l u m or something all right that, yeah that, that may be the well, case well at first Whatever at first i case. thought that's what it was referencing too but then i realized no it's the golem and i looked it up so um oh but okay well then that settles just, it all right fair enough <laughs> <laughs> just a really i mean i love dj qualls and so to see him have you know do do this role it, it was really cool and then the scene with nikki and and the character i call the deaf guy uh-huh. um because i'm unimaginative but the scene <laughs> where they where they end the golem oh is my God. The one, oh. just amazingly great and one of the well, it's just like disgusting and bloody and one of the most, what do you call it, intense scenes in 
Fargo yet. I was like, <laughs> holy fuck. Yeah. Wow. It's like, you know, first you think, oh, the chain broke. And it's like, no, the chain didn't break. <laughs> DJ no. Qualls just no. got severed. The golem. <laughs> yep, just got. <laughs> the golem is done. Yes, his head is Yep, been... just got decapitated. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, golem. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's two Jim Jim Neighbors references in one show. It that's sure amazing. Is. Wow, we <laughs> we give our listeners quality for their money. I tell oh, you, we do. <laughs> you don't just get one Jim Neighbors reference; you get two, motherfuckers. Right. Um. So, so a lot, mm-hmm. lots of bloody stuff in the woods, and then and then it gets amazing. It does get amazing. They find. This magical bowling alley in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. that is, from the outside, looks like a rundown version of the uh, bowling alley from The Big Lebowski. And yes. uh, as they go inside, well, by golly, it is the the same set that they used in The Big Lebowski, the bowling alley. And uh, <laughs> guess who's there? It's Ray Weiss yeah, it, again. Yeah, it. It's not uh, uh, Sam Shepard. No. It's Ray fucking Weiss, man. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I think we forgot to mention, maybe we mentioned it, but, I, you know, he was in the show earlier when Gloria's uh, on the plane. And I don't know right. if we talked about that or not, but when he's there in the bar, I was, or in the bowling alley bar, I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, Ray fucking Weiss. And then has an amazing, I mean, that scene is amazing between him and Nikki. Absolutely. So great. He tells a story about a rabbi who wants to be buried somewhere, and then they reference that again later when the Russian guy comes in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, he he has the kitten that he's named Ray, and he talks about that, and you get the impression that it's supposed to be the reincarnation of Ray, the character that Ewan McGregor plays. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing was when he gives her the keys to the Volkswagen and he says something like ironic, huh? <laughs> because it's a German car. And right. then he says, don't oh. worry, don't worry. It's sins have been washed clean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At first, because of the, you know, the real ethereal nature of the whole scene, I'm thinking like, did they die? And this is right. Like yeah. heaven Are or they in something. Limbo and, or, yeah. And, and giving them the keys or to purgatory. The, yeah. Or the, giving them the keys is their, their ticket out of there and they're going to heaven or something. But that's that right. Turned out not to be the case. However, right. When the Russian shows up at the very same bowling alley, he doesn't get such a welcoming treatment. He is put face to face with his sins or the sins of his ancestors. Right. Because the Russian guy claims that he comes from, you know, the Cossacks and, you know, the Cossacks are responsible for the, you know, the mass killings of thousands of people. And, of course, you know, in the bowling alley, he comes face to face with all these angry dead people. Right. Yeah. It was really interesting because the first time I, I watched it twice, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure why. I think I was doing some other stuff and I just kept it on. Uh, and like the first time they cut away and I was wondering if there would be more to it. But, you know, it's just kind of a, a shot of those people, women and children and, and other right. people uh, in black and white. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's maybe five seconds, maybe maybe a little more. Right. And and the first time it, you're just wondering if something's going to happen after that, so it kind of goes by. But then the second time I watched it, knowing what it was going to be, mm-hmm. that shot is haunting, man. That shot, oh, very, 
just yeah it's yeah like the, just the ghost hits you right the ghosts of the dead have come back for their revenge yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so it's really interesting so we so. never we never see the russian again so i you know i'm assuming maybe he has been killed or is trapped in the you know the ethereal bowling alley i i don't know maybe maybe he'll show up again maybe he won't i'm right yeah I'm, you I'm get the impression on, he's not going to <laughs> right because he wasn't he wasn't there for you know the next episode um right yeah so i guess another thing in this um Sai gets poisoned in this Well, before episode. that... Oh, okay. Go ahead. Before that happens, mm-hmm. there's a scene with Gloria and her son, and it's Christmas. Ah. And it's it's just a little short scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm having a... I, I, I'm hoping they will have something at the end of the episode, at the end of the season where mm-hmm. the son and, and Gloria and the father who now is with another man right. have some kind of a ni- nice little moment because it's been a little funky the way they're acting about it and i know he's just a kid and a teenager and she's the the wife yeah. that's been cast aside but um, right. you know there needs to be a nice little forgiveness moment or something there in my opinion but well, the only reason maybe. i mentioned the the only reason i meant well i think gloria is a better person than she's acting in the in the situation but the only reason i mentioned that it's christmas day is because the next scene when that happens with Sai. Mm-hmm. Which is also Christmas, um, right? Um, then you then there's a a scene that happens after that that lets you know how much time has passed. You mean after Sai is poisoned? Yes, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So Sai is poisoned by Varga's grandmother's tea, and uh, yeah, right. He gets he's lucky. Uh, you know, he actually gets to the hospital. Of course, he's in a coma for how long? Six months. So that's why I re- I'm, I'm remembering now. That's why I rewatched the episode because I noticed there's a scene where the nurse goes over and writes something on a dry erase board, mm-hmm. and there was a date on it, right. and and I didn't know I didn't retain what the date was, and then so I rewatched it, and the date was March 15th. So it's been about two and a half months. Okay. Um, since Christmas or almost three months since Christmas. So Sai's been in a in a coma and they show me as a beard too for at least three months. So it's there's right. a three month gap in time there. Mm-hmm. Well and think and the sad thing about it, you know, Sai being poisoned, Emmett was in on it. He knew about it. He knew Varga was gonna do this or or so it seems. Because uh, yeah. as Sai is leaving uh, after he drinks the poison tea, he sees Emmett up in the uh, upstairs window and of course at that point i guess emmett kind of um starts to feel bad about the entire situation and then he decides to go see gloria burgle at the police station well it's yeah there's also yeah i, I don't know if emmett knows that Sai is going to be poisoned i think he knows definitely that varga is gonna take care of him push him aside somehow mm-hmm. and and he's not gonna he's not gonna do anything about that at least right um yeah. but yeah but yeah the, you know you're probably right maybe he doesn't know about the poisoning but you know he knows that yes yeah, Sai is on his way out one way or another um right but uh, yeah he's definitely feeling remorse about the whole situation and about his his the demise of ray as well so then he right but so, what puts him over the edge is all the pictures of the stamps. That's oh, what really sends him over the edge. That's right. I forgot about that. 
And so true. I, I didn't know, you know, you're like, who would have done that? Varga would not do that. Size in a coma, he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, Ray's dead. He can't do it. But then obviously the three months have passed. And now at this point, Nikki Swango is back, even though we don't know it yet. But I'm sure that's who did all the stamps in the office. Yeah, that could be. That's probably a good a hypothesis as any. Right, so. yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that definitely makes him. Uh, that's where he starts to lose it, and then and then the next thing you know, he goes into Gloria's precinct and 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 confesses or comes to confess at least. Right, and that's the end of that particular episode. Yeah, the only other thing that happened right before that is Gloria signs the divorce papers, and of course we find out she's officially no longer chief. But of course it's been three months, so that makes sense. Right. Yeah, it was the natural progression of uh, right events. So. So I guess that brings us to the episode we watched tonight, which was called Aporia. I don't know what Aporia means, but that was the name of the episode. Hmm. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't look. Right. So it starts off with the Chinese guy barging into some guy's house that we don't know and cuts his throat, which right. we find out later cuts his throat with a piece of glass. And the guy he killed was a guy named Marvin Stussy. And we only learned that from his name on the newspaper that he had just picked up off of the ground before he was murdered. Right. And when uh, the sprinklers are on in the snow for some reason. Right. Yeah. What the hell? (laughs) Yeah. The scene after that was Emmett confessing to Gloria that he murdered his brother or at least was responsible for killing his brother when they were fighting over the stamp and a piece of glass, you know, broke out of the frame and and killed Ray. He says, for 30 years, I've been killing him. That was just when he fell, which was a great line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, yeah. that's a great, great Mm -hmm. scene. Yeah, we got that whole backstory of how, you know, he originally had the, you know, the fancy uh, Corvette. And then he. Right. But then he realized that the stamps were much more valuable and tricked Ray into wanting to have the car instead of the stamp. And uh, yeah, I didn't realize it was a whole stamp collection that he sold most of them to finance his business endeavors. And then just kept, right. That's kept, how he started his business. Yeah. Right. And then just kept the two cent one, you know, kind of as a, as he said, hanging it as if it were his, the first dollar bill that he earned. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. That you know, I've said this before. When they when they said it was going to be you and McGregor and play in two roles, I was just like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't particularly thrilled about it, but boy, he's really great in this series. Oh yeah. So good. And that that scene where with him and Gloria and I mean, of course, the girl that plays Gloria Burgle is amazing, too. Mm -hmm. And them two, the two of them together was just that was an awesome scene. Yeah, what's done really well. The actress uh, Carrie Coon plays Gloria. Coon or Coons. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. After that, at a certain point, Varga's doing something and I can't he says something to the I can't remember what the Asian character's name is, but he says something to him about go to stage four. Right. And uh, and and then they're that's when they're moving the the big uh, 18 18 wheeler. Yeah. I I wrote down Vargas starts to move his operation. Right. Because you think he's getting out of town because the jig is up. But right. uh, Yeah. Or something. Yeah. He's definitely right. Doing something. Pulling up stakes. Didn't turn out exactly like uh, he wanted it to, though. (laughs) 
<laughs> no. Turns because out because who's the only person that could <laughs> fucking throw a wrench in Vargas works, man. There's no one else that could do it. Exactly. But. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I wrote Nikki and the deaf guy ambush, ambush the truck with dummy grenades and steal the IT truck and takes Varga's briefcase for ransom. Yeah. And then calls him and wants two million. And, and then right. we have this amazing scene. Oh, then it's the thing where the chief comes in and he figured out the case. Right. I, I solved it. Oh, that guy is who plays the chief. I can't remember what his name is, yeah, but he's either. so good because you just freaking hate him. You want to just slap him in the goddamn face. He's so good. I mean, you know, you hate him so much. You, and, uh, you know, it's like I know a, char- a guy's doing a good job when the character makes me want to just, oh, you just want to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. He definitely has a, f- a punchable face. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes he does yeah Yeah. that's the whole Um, thing yeah it's like um, I wrote a note here not about the chief but about Varga I said said, Varga is a genius at covering his tracks I mean first Marvin Stussy is killed with glass then George Stussy is killed with super glue then uh, Goldfarb gives Emmett an alibi and then they catch they catch the quote unquote serial killer who was really killing the Stussies, though he wasn't. He was a patsy in the whole deal. So, wow. Right. That's an amazing yeah, it's, amazing plan it's, uh, on Varga's part to, yeah, completely right. erase the fact that uh, that Emmett was involved in the death of Ennis Stussy and Ray, his brother. Right, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you, any other... Any other show with any other writers would just have Varga somehow break him out of jail. But, you know, right. this show is different and it's smarter and much more well written. And so you yeah. get the most the most ingenious thing that someone could do in that situation, which is make it seem like the person that's in jail isn't responsible for what they're you're, they're saying. Right. And even he's saying he's responsible for. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, as evil as he is, you have to admire the brilliance of, of Varga. It's, it's right. It's yeah. all you can say. Yeah, I mean, as brilliant as he is as a villain, mm-hmm. uh, you, you feel like Gloria is that brilliant and intuitive as a as the good guy. Just like, uh, you know, Ray and um, the new chief are kind of as stupid as each other. <laughs> right. And, of course, at the know. same time, you can put Nikki in the in the ranks of, of, of genius people at figuring things out or manipulating people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. What, you know, the only thing we don't understand about Nikki is what, what – what she saw in Ray, but you know, well, love is blind and and dumb sometimes. So right. I mean, at at first when they were together, I thought that she was playing him, but then as time went on, we realized, yeah, they really loved each other. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe he was the only one who ever treated her like a a, a real person and 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 showed her some respect and love. You know, maybe that's maybe that's uh, it. what what did it yeah mm-hmm. but boy the next scene with nikki swango and varga right you know Where she meets him at the hotel a, yeah yeah <laughs> it's a great scene in a in a in a uh, episode full of great scenes um <laughs> to be sure uh, their conversation's so good i thought it was hilarious that nikki made the death of a salesman uh that reference when varga came in yeah i laughed and 
And I laughed too. And then I thought, and I meant to look this up, but I haven't. I was like, I wonder if David Thewlis, the guy who plays Varga, was ever in a production of Death of a Salesman. <laughs> I can't imagine him. I can't imagine him playing that role, but anything's possible, right? Yeah, you never know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the the just the whole scene filmed perfectly, yeah. perfectly paced perfectly acted just those two characters face to face was so just great just a great moment the question is will nikki bend to uh, varga's offers or will she remain strong and stick with her two million dollar demands only in exchange for the briefcase yeah. i don't think she would she would go to work for varga um <laughs> I don't think I just, so either. And I think we all, you know, Nikki's one of those characters where she's not perfect and and maybe she's <sighs> even a little bit criminal, but mm-hmm. she's has a good heart and she, you know, she's not an evil person or a, you know, you you like her. She's the underdog and yet she's also the the anti-hero, I guess is what you would say. Yeah. Yeah, and, I would that, agree. That actress, again, whose name I don't remember, plays her perfectly. Uh, She's so good in that role. Mm -hmm. And she looked amazing sitting in that chair with that coat. My God, she looked beautiful. I mean, you know, I I had to tell myself, oh, yeah, it's been three months since she was in the snow getting the hell beat out of her. (laughs) She's had time time to get her stuff together, and she looks great. Sure. She had her hair done. She's wearing makeup. She was she was all yeah. put together. I'm telling you. She looked she looked great. Yeah, she's fully <laughs> recovered. Yeah. So. Um, oh yeah. That was a great scene. I, I it, it was followed by a scene uh, a little bit later that is like okay if I have to watch uh, Varga do uh, something disgusting with his mouth again I uh, <laughs> I don't think I can take it sitting on the toilet eating Rocky Road ice cream I'm like what the. F- Fuck, man. I think what he, is that supposed to be? I, I think he, he must be addicted to pain because with the kind of teeth that he has, eating cold stuff has to, like, burn every nerve in his mouth. Right. You know I think that's what they were trying to, yeah. Right. That they were trying to say this mm-hmm. guy is, is yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like he, he the, how he preps for being at the top of his game. He causes himself great pain to help clarify his mind. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I don't or know. Or he's, he's just a masochist. Maybe he's just a masochist. Well, that, that's but very no, likely, I th- yes. I think you're right. But they've they've gone to great pains to show him in disgusting <laughs> ways. And yes. I'm just like, all right, we get it. I don't need any more. <laughs> those chompers, those horrifying chompers oh, he has. Jesus. Oh, God, it's horrible. It is horrible. Yes. Okay. So anyway, after that, Emmett gets out of jail because he's been cleared yep. because, uh, you know, and uh, he's back in the clutches of Varga. There's a great, um, I can't remember, I think it's during that scene when Gloria's letting him go, go letting um, Emmett go that she says, mm-hmm. uh, you think the world is something, then it turns out to be something else, mm. which I thought was a great fucking line. I can't remember, mm. I think she says that to Emmett before he leaves, because um, she's, she's telling him about how her husband came home and said he was in love with someone named Dale or something. Right, it's kind of like... Uh... Yeah, you yeah, you, you you think the world is one way but it turns out to be completely different. Yeah. A different way. Yeah, you think the right. world is something then it turns out to be something mm-hmm. else. I just thought that was a great line for her right. to say. 
Yeah, she's she's definitely no stranger to that uh, that feeling. Yes, so, but neither is Emmett, which is great too. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's the perfect thing to say to Emmett because that's true for him as well. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, so then Gloria goes to the bar, and who meets well, her there? Well, before that, there okay. was. There? I'm sorry. Before that, when Emmett's in in the car with Varga, and yeah. Varga says. The problem isn't there's evil in the world. The problem is there's good because otherwise who would care, oh, which is yeah. just a typical Varga line, That's man. I was like, oh, such a great line and such a such a horrifying diabolical truism. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it just it was kind of creepy. I mean, it's creepy and a little bit haunting, you know, you're like because it's like, yep. There has to be good. Otherwise, if everyone was just evil, who would care? Yeah. You know, right. And it's like it was like, uh, yeah, him saying that was just perfect as well. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to mention that line. No, that's I'm glad you did. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't believe I didn't make a note of it because that's that's so, <laughs> so significant to be sure. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. Defining of his character. Oh, to be sure. So then. Yeah. All right. Then Gloria then. is at the bar and Winnie shows up. And well, uh, yeah, Gloria's very depressed and she's talking about how, you know, when she goes to, you know, automatic doors, they don't open for her when she's trying to wash right. her hands and those automatic sinks, they never turn, turn on. And she, uh, but even before that, she, <laughs> she, they, she talks about, uh, the novel, her, her stepfather wrote the, whatever the yes. thing that, right. yeah. And she talks the, about the little robot who. The planet the something of, of why the planet of why or something like is that is that what it is I think yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah I I wrote why comes back with a vengeance because I was I was thinking you know we talked about that episode when it happened where it was like oh mm-hmm. it was kind of a throwaway episode because she what knew mm-hmm. we knew she wasn't going to find out anything by doing by going to to L A yeah. um, but then you know just when you think that episode's not going to mean much boom it comes back right there because <laughs> right you know. And she's like, I feel like that robot, like because mm-hmm. he's walking like, around going, I can help, and he's not able to help, <laughs> but he keeps yeah, all repeating, he does is fail. I can help, yeah. yeah, he fails, yeah, so yeah, yeah, she definitely, and then she says, I feel like that, I feel like I don't exist, right, um, and then Winnie pokes pokes her in the shoulder, like you're mm-hmm. right there, I was just like, and and then of course they have the hug, and oh. I was just like, this is the, such an amazing scene, right. and then of course they tell each other. They like each other. I like you. I like you, too. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. because, you know, at first, Gloria is so put off by Winnie and just so over it or whatever, frustrated by it. And then, you know, they become friends. And I was just like, oh, that that scene. I I love those two characters. I wish the Mm -hmm. series went on forever. Just there. And they (laughs) became a team. And it was just, you know, whatever you would call that. The the Winnie and Gloria. Yeah. Spinoff series, (laughs) man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they where they, where they solve crimes or something. Yeah, you just <laughs> love. I just love them together, and mm-hmm. uh, um, it, it was such a just a perfect moment in this episode of perfect moments. I was like, oh, that's so great. And then of course, as you were saying, the censors thing. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing of of, of the censors. Oh, and then yeah, then then she does go into the bathroom there, and the censors work for her. Yes. It's like she's finally a person again. Right. Yes. 
And I just thought it was a little, I mean, you kind of saw it coming, but I didn't care. I just thought right. that's exactly what you wanted to happen, you know? Well, and you know, uh, Winnie, Winnie proved to glory that she does exist. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and that proved to the universe that she does exist, I mm, guess. So I, I guess I, it, I got teary, I got teary eyed. I thought it was a really sweet, wonderful scene. The two of them together. So amazing. And I was like, this is another one of those perfectly written perfect characters perfect dialogue just everything if perfectly filmed everything about it was was great don't forget perfectly acted oh yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm. and I, I i can't believe that isn't the last scene of the series because i we got at least i think it's just one more episode to go I, I and think um, right. and so what happens next is going to be interesting um, right. Of course, we get a little hint of what's going to happen next yes. with the very last scene. Right. The IRS guy gets the real Stussy ledger books. Yep. That's what it sure seems like indeed. Yes. But who sent so, them? Yeah. And, and well, what who was, had them? And what was written on the outside of the envelope? When it was sitting on the chair, it had something written on it, but I couldn't read it. Oh, I think it was just his name. I can't okay. remember what his character's name is. I can't. Um, uh, but I, I think it was just his name. And um, okay. yeah, it's, it's, he's such an interesting character. He comes in, of course, he's very OCD, comes in and waters the plant and does all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden notices that envelope there that we've seen since the beginning of the scene. Right, exactly. So who sent the envelope? Did Emmett send it? Did Nikki send it? Did she, when she put up all of those uh, pictures of the stamp, did she also somehow get the ledger, the real ledger books? But I don't know. Well, she, I just, ass- I assumed mm-hmm. it was in the semi truck, the, the, you know, that was in the briefcase that she oh, took. Oh, okay. So it had to be Nikki then. All right. Okay. I, well, that's my assumption, but, you know, right. no, this that's... show, you can never assume a lot in this well, show. true. Yeah. Okay. You never know. Yeah. Oh, I want to backtrack a little bit. Do you remember when the Chinese guy was uh, was driving the big semi truck and he stopped mm-hmm. at a stop sign? And this is before Nikki busted the window open. He sees uh, a man and a woman walking together, crossing the street. Right. And they're walking towards a bar. And you see that the Chinese guy look at him like, wow, I wish my life was like that almost. It was like, it was just, you know, five seconds of, of, acting going on there but but you 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 read a whole volume of uh, emotion in the chinese guy's eyes which you don't necessarily see it but i don't know maybe i read too much into it <laughs> i didn't get that at all man did okay. not get anything like that at all i just thought right. huh they're stopped at the stoplight and they're stopped and they're stopped something's definitely gonna happen and then right. but you know didn't expect to see Nikki at that point. You know, I was like, oh, my God, it's Nikki. Right. How awesome is that? Right. And um, yeah, I was yeah, distracted. So. I was distracted watching the Chinese guy look at the couple walk across the street. <laughs> I was misdirected. I guess. I <laughs> and guess then, so. And yeah. then the windows bashed in. Right. Yes. And there she is. Yeah. yeah. OK, so that's that's the end of that episode. Oh, I forgot to mention in the, the previous episode after the bus flips, mm-hmm. there's a there's an Easter egg regarding the original Fargo movie of the the man and the woman, the couple driving in their car, passing uh, the the scene of the flipped over bus. And, mm-hmm. and, and they look at the bus that's flipped over and they look at the I guess the Russian guy and the Chinese guy standing there. And then they drive off, and then uh, 
we see that the Chinese guy gave chase in another vehicle chasing the couple and they end up, you know, running off the road and flipping their vehicle and then end up getting shot to death, just like in uh, the original Fargo movie, uh, when the, there's like a married couple drives by and they see that uh, the two, uh, Steve Buscemi and the other guy, have killed the police officer. And then they, they take off driving away at a fast rate of speed. And, and the, the big guy, not Steve Buscemi, but the other guy, gives chase. And then the people run off the road. And then he goes over there. And as they're crawling out of the vehicle, he kills them. So it's a ref- mm. it's a, there's a reference in uh, not this last episode, but the one before that of a kind of a recreation of that scene from the original movie. It's interesting. It's been so long since I saw the original movie that I, yeah. I don't really remember, but just the, some bits and pieces of it. I, I definitely need to see it again. Okay. You know, it's funny when I, when I first saw the first movie I ever saw by the Coen brothers was, the, was, um, Oh, the one with John Goodman and uh, Barton Fink, right. which I thought I happened to see it in a, at the right place at the right time. And it, it just was one of those movies that is still one of my favorites. It totally captivated me. Yeah. Um, that's a great movie. So every, everything that's come after that, which I think Fargo was the next thing that came after that. Maybe it wasn't, but, um, or maybe I had seen Raising Arizona. Anyway, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. My point is, after okay. Barton Fink, nothing could hold a candle to it. So the first time I saw Fargo, I didn't think very much of it. I was like, yeah, it's really? okay. Hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. And then people kept raving about it. And I'm like, yeah, you should see Barton Fink. It's way better. Um, but it's just one of those <laughs> right. things that over time, you know, a few years later, having no expectations, I watched it again and I'm like, well, this is way better than I gave it credit for. I was just not happy because it wasn't Barton, Barton Fink, Fink again. It was something, <laughs> okay. yeah, it was something right. different. You wanted, so, you wanted Barton Fink too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, which is the, which is the dumbest thing to want ever. But, well, uh, yeah. you know, it took, it took me a while and I, and I find myself too okay. doing that with a lot of Coen Brothers stuff. It's like, you know, there's such a high art, um, uh, level it has to reach that, you know, oftentimes it falls short on the first viewing because mm-hmm. a lot of their stuff too, you have to see a second time to really get everything as well. And I've had it happen in the opposite too. I had, uh, I watched a movie called the man who wasn't there with Billy Bob Thornton. It's in black and white. Um, right. Yeah, I thought I thought it was one of their best movies. I when the first time I saw it, I wrote a review. I raved about it. Hmm. I was just like, "This is amazing!" Blah, blah. And then I saw it again for the second time a couple years ago, and I'm like, "This is not that great." <laughs> oh, <laughs> what did wow. I like about it? You know, what was it that I liked so much about it? Hmm. So, I wonder what changed. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I'm what changed. Well, yeah. it's definitely more about me than anything else. Right. So. I mean, yeah. Anyway. Certain, certainly, the movie didn't change. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> well, cool. All right. So you want to cool. do an oblique strategy and uh, grotesque yeah. tables two and uh, get out of yes, here? Yes, please. All right. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Should we uh, ask... It's always best when we ask a question, but God, I my right. brain is, is just... Let's go well, with... Um... What are some unanswered questions that we had uh, for Twin Peaks? Yeah, that's what I was just trying to think of. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, let's ask it if uh, Richard Horn is the doppelganger's son. Son. Okay. Okay. Is Richard Horn the doppelganger's son? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Do something boring. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
So does that mean that he's not the doppelganger son? He just that would be the that would seem. Although the grotesque tables two is is very um, obscure. Okay, it is three lines. First line: bag ear. So like bag like a paper bag and ear like the ear that you hear with. Mm-hmm. Bag bag ear vent tax. <laughs> bag ear vent Ooh, tax. Bag ear bag ear vent tax. Wow, is that a reference to Blue Velvet? Remember? When, I know. I just thought the same thing. Remember when Kyle McLaughlin's <laughs> character found that ear? He put it into a bag and yes. took it to the police station. And what's the other one? Vent yeah. vent. Tax? Tax, yeah. Vent and then next line, tax. Hmm. Vent, tax. Hmm. Bag ear. Bag vent, ear. Ta- vent, tax. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Man. We'll just, we'll just leave I it. I don't either. We'll, we'll leave it hanging out there in the ether. Let, yeah. Let, let our listeners think about that for a week. Yeah. To 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> and you think about that for a week to 10 days and see what comes of it. See how you yes. feel after that. After uh, bag ear vent tax and what was yours? Make something boring or do, do something, something boring. boring. Mm-hmm. Do something boring. Bag ear vent tax is not boring. I can tell you that. No. <laughs> <laughs> is it tax? Oh man. T a x t a x tax. Yes. Okay. Tax. Yeah. And bag ear vent tax. Well, if you had a bag mm. and an ear, you'd definitely want a vent to get that smell out of there. And True. You might even charge a tax for that. Right. For it would us. definitely be taxing <laughs> yes. to carry around an ear and a bag all day. Yeah, all ventilated and shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right, man. Good episode. Yeah. <sighs> so, Had a good time, man. Me too. So let me go ahead and entreat our uh, listeners to uh, slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. Ain't nothing gonna break my stride. Ain't nothing gonna <laughs> Hold me down. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> I got to keep on moving. Moving. Maybe. All right. That's it. <laughs> 